live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and none could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to the PWCC Premier Auction Extended Bidding Watch Party for February 2022. It is Saturday night. My name is Jeremy Lee. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I want to thank last Saturday's guest, Nick Sapiro, memorabilia expert. We had a great show. Check it out on the YouTube channel. And I want to thank everyone who stayed up late uh, with me for a viewer comments episode of After Hours. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to all of you. Tomorrow night on Collectible Live on the Collectible TV YouTube channel, my guest will be the author of Spotting Fakes, Ryan Nolan. We will go live at 7 p.m. Eastern again on the Collectible TV YouTube channel. Check that out. Shout out to the Sport Card Expo Edmonton edition, April 15th to 17th and the Toronto edition, June 2nd to 5th. Be sure to check out those shows if you are able. I will be there and cannot wait. And also shout out to the Western Canada show, which will be in Vancouver, April 8th to 10th. Check out bossashows.com. Also, shout out to channel supporter Whatnot. Check them out for one-minute auctions and buy it now. It's hosted around the clock by some of the best breakers and streamers in the hobby. It's a safe environment for collectors and buyers. They also have other collectibles, including... Pokemon Funkos, MetaZoo Comics, Vintage Video Games, and more. Also, shout out for Adams Magazine, Basketball Card Fanatic. Go to bcfmag.com to subscribe. Also, thank you to all the podcast listeners, all the viewers, all the subscribers. If you're not yet subscribed to Sports Cards Live, please take a second and go ahead and subscribe to this channel. All right, we will bring out our our esteemed co-host. And I want to let you know, Jesse Craig from... PWCC will be joining us in about an hour, hour and a half's time. So look forward to welcoming him to the show. But let's bring out Adam. There he is. What is going on, my man? How how are you? You the hardest working man in sports cards, Jeremy Lee. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing great. <laughs> I am I am good. Thank you for asking, Adam. I am doing well. But uh, you know what? They hear from me every week. We don't hear from you every week. You're more of a once a month. You and you uh you were with us last month. We had to delay a day, but uh, how have you been for the last month? Man, I am good. Uh, life is good. Like I'm sure, like I'm sure, it might be the case for you. My busy season in the world of accounting, uh, it is here. It's upon me. So things are busy at work, but family's good. Cards are more fun than they've ever been. Um, everything's great. So thanks for asking. Yeah, you bet, you bet. Yes, it is. It is a busy time in the world of uh, of finance and public reporting and all of those wonderful things that we get to do. So, reminder to everybody for tonight's PWCC Premier Auction: your initial bids need to be in in the next twenty six minutes in order to qualify for extended bidding. So, again, if you are somebody who is fortunate enough and lucky enough and uh, going to be going after some of these these cards, these items. There are 288 lots this month. This is the biggest premier auction thus far. There are lots of really, really good cards. I favorited, I think I favorite, I'm going to just check it right now. I'm going to look at my other screen here, uh, click on my favorites button and see how many have I favorited. Here, we'll share it. Here we go. There's my screen. I have favorited 31 
uh, 31 of the cards, some big, you know, big ones, small ones. Oh, no, what am I talking about? They're all big cards. But um, <laughs> there's just so many awesome pieces in this auction. I'm not going to tip my cap quite yet uh, as to what they all are. We'll get through them. We'll talk about them. And uh, we'll definitely get Adam's, you know, his in-depth analysis of uh, many of the basketball cards. Uh, before we start looking at the items, though, let's have a look at the comments. Studio Sports in the house. Great to have you, as always. Hope everyone is healthy and safe. That's very nice. Lucky K, what's going on? Josh Packham in the house. Good evening to you. Jake Dahl, Jeremy from Collectors League. And uh, we have Julian Birds on the Bat is with us as well. What is up with you, Julian? Great to see you, as always. All right, Adam. So... We've got. I'm, I'm going to bring it back up. We we always like to look at the top of the uh, of the screen here, where we can see the items that have received the most recent bids. And um, it's always fun when you are. It's always fun for me when I see a card uh, on auction that I have a copy of. You know, oftentimes it's in lesser grade than we see it on the premier auction. But I'm just noticing this card here, the Tiger Woods SI for kids in a Gem Mint Ten. I'm fortunate to own a nine. Came from Dr. Newman's collection, if you all remember. He was the gentleman who uh, passed away in Florida mm -hmm. last year, and his uh, his cards went for auction. I believe it was with Memory Lane. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. And um, I purchased his PSA 9 of the Tiger Woods SI for Kids card. So that's cool. kinda, it's kind of neat just to have a card from his collection. Uh, what an esteemed collector and collection that, that he had. I know those, those SI cards um, have seen quite the 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 premium placed upon them over the course of the last few months. I'm not a, I, I don't really know them very well, but I've heard, I've heard about big auctions uh, um, for, for other athletes going really high. So it'll be fun to see how this Tiger Woods uh, does today. Definitely. It, it definitely will. How are we sorted here? I want to see, let's uh, we are sort of a highest price. So that is, that is where I want to be right now. And I'm just noticing Josh Packham is telling us that the Josh Allen uh, prism gold out of 10 is over a hundred thousand dollars already. Let's have a look at that because that's, that's a that's a big number for for a Josh Allen card. I I have to think. So are we not sorted by highest? Oh, we're in my favorites. That's why. Yeah. Let me get out of my favorites. Go to all items, and then let's go down and find this Josh Allen card and just take a look at it. Uh, hey, while you're finding it, Jeremy, is there is there anything you're bidding on tonight? There's not. There's not, Adam. Um, is there anything that I would love to be bidding on? Of course there is, just like everybody watching. You know, I there's there's so many cards I'd love to. I'll speak more to it as we go through. But um, as of right now, I don't think I'm going to be placing any bids. But, you know, things could change. Things could change. Here's the Josh Allen card. It's your typical Prism Gold 2018 Rookie card, rookie year card, RC in the corner. To me, it's a rookie card, as good as as good as a rookie card as you can get. Sure. And uh, it, it is a nice looking card. Over 100, that 120 plus 24 to get for the buyer's premium. So you're up to $144,000, as Eric would say, out the door on this card at this point in time. Very nice card. Glad Josh Packham pointed it out to you. Scott Pope, welcome to the show. Hope you are well out there. But let's let's come back here and just start at the top, Adam, and kind of move our way through. Of course, there's a contenders championship ticket. We 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 have we have either the championship ticket 
or the uh, just the usual contenders ticket, uh, Tom Brady, and just about every auction, every premiere. And this one doesn't disappoint. $1.7 million already. That's over $2 million out the door at this point in time. So that's a, that's just a big card, BGS 8.5 with the, with the 10 auto. It is it is a great card, Adam. I know you're not a football guy. You're you're here to talk about basketball, but any uh, any updated thoughts on Tom Brady now that he is retired and uh, and where you think that what what do you think that might mean for his card? And it doesn't a basketball expert, a basketball card expert can can opine on this as well. So no no outs here for you. Yeah, I have two I have two uh, thoughts. My first thought is um, when somebody retires. Um, as you asked that question, it's, it's a really, um, it's a really interesting moment for their career. Um, and for, for their cards in particular, because some people, I feel like, you know, they buy cards to watch a player and to experience all that they're going through during their career. Um, but we've seen athletes really like, even after their careers are over, still find the way into the limelight. And so, you know, you wonder with Brady, whether that's something that can happen, and if it doesn't happen, you know, does the fact that he's just still the greatest of all time carry him to continued gains as the as the market changes? I don't really know. So, you know, I didn't really answer your question there, but I don't really know. The other thought, though, is that, you know, I know he's officially retired, but it sounds to me like he has said, you know, never say never. And and I don't know, man, like until he, until, you know, a couple of years goes by. There's still going to be like a, is he coming back? Is he coming back? And um, he'll have another, I think he'll have another moment, whether he's a player or not, you know, whether he actually comes back or not. So I don't know. I, I just, I think that Brady collectors are so passionate. Um, be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. Well, you talk about limelight. I think that's actually pretty interesting because I was thinking about that myself. You've got the Manning brothers who are definitely in the limelight right now, bringing more attention to their careers and their cards. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that is important. I think that does help with players' cards. I Listen, I have no insight whatsoever, but I have a feeling. I just think that we are going to see more of Tom Brady for the next several decades off the field in some way, shape, or form. And um, I think he's just going to be a, an all around celebrity, just somebody who is in, in the, you know, the, in the limelight, in, in, on the gossip, uh, the gossip networks and, and the magazines and all that sort of thing for better or for worse. I think we're going to see more and more from him as the years go by. Hopefully it's got more to do with sports than to the, than, than just the, the gossip stuff. But um, I definitely think he's going to be there. And because of that, you know, and he is a true goat. I think his cards are going to fare just fine for the uh, the definitely for the foreseeable future. Mm. And you know, is he actually retired? Again, we don't know. I don't know, of course. But I'm going to go with yes. I'm, I'm just going to go with yes. I mean, he's of that age. You know, he, he he's there. But uh, okay, back to Josh Packham says the Josh Allen RPA for 40k seems like a better value. I mean, the, the different, yeah, you're getting the autograph, you're getting the, the patch, but you're getting a card out of 99 versus a card out of 10. And Prism Golds have a ton of equity in the hobby. So it's one of those things, Josh, that I think all, I think a lot of people kind of debate in their heads, what would you rather have, you know, a rare parallel out of 10 or an RPA? And it used to be clear, it always would have been the RPA, but I don't know that that's the answer, uh, the majority answer anymore. It, it very well may be, but it, it also may not. I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. 
Birds on the bat says, can we peer pressure Adam into holding one twenty-fifth of the end of the ninety-seven Jordan PMGs? One. So what he means, what he means there is that um, I own one of those cards, and and if I buy the other one, then I would have one twenty-fifth because that would be two fiftieths and one twenty-fifth. Um, and with that, you're talking about this card right here. That's right. Yeah, I I own that card. It's one of my best cards, and I actually own it in the same grade. So. You can bet when um, when I saw that, that this was going up, I was so excited because, you know, one hasn't sold in a really long time. So tonight's a big night for that card. What's the most recent comp on this card that you're aware of? I, I have no idea. It's been, and, it's been a year or two. It's been a while. So in your mind, before you before this card went on auction with PWCC, did you have a value in mind for your card? Do you have a target for this today? Like a, you know, not two million bucks, but I mean, do you have a target, a reasonable, achievable target price for this card where you could see it ending? And what do you and and reasonably, what do you think it's worth? Yeah. So um, what I would say is there was a private sale that was done through the PWCC vault that they made uh, public. And so it wasn't an auction or anything like that. But um, it was a two hundred thousand dollar sale. That was maybe six months ago, and so you know that that was something to point to. But as we know, the, the Jordan market's done some really interesting things since then. We've seen the market in general decrease, but the really high end rare Jordan stuff, especially and this is where it's really interesting, especially amongst PMGs, have just been like crazy stuff. So the, my question that I've always asked is. I prefer the PMG championship. I, I really like the PMG championship over um, the one that everybody talks about is the most iconic, the red, um, the original. Um, and I could talk about why I like that and the aesthetics of it and whatever else. But the thing that's clear is that the red is really just like taken over as like the set of sets and the clear winner as far as like the ultimate Jordan parallel. But this is another PMG. And so, and I've always sort of wondered like, is this tied to that? Is there, you know, and so as those have increased, I've been, I've sort of wondered what, what has happened with one of these. And because this is one of the nicest copies really like in existence as a nine, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting sell. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But, but as far as like at price realization, like it's already passed the all time high at 200. Cause this is, you know, 190 plus 38. So what is that? 228. Um, it's, it's, it will be the most expensive Jordan PMG championship that's ever sold. You know, in my personal opinion, I do love the card too. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I love the effect in the background there. I love the, I love this, this whole design overall, the image of Jordan, the city in the background. I love the card, but to me, and this is going to, might sound crazy because it's named a precious metal gems. But if I were to look at this, I would never think this was a, a precious metal gems. To me, a precious metal gems is either green or red, or now in, in, uh, in hockey and, and Marvel, you've got blues and sometimes purples and that. So, and golds even uh, in the new hockey that came out. So to me, it, it does, I don't even think of it as a PMG because it doesn't look like those cards. So to come, I almost don't even see the, I, you know, it's like comparing a noise boys to, to an intimidation nation to me. It's like, is comparing this to the red set, which, and it's funny, you're mentioning the red set is the one that everybody seems to be thinking is the, you know, the, 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 the best set in the world right now, but there's also the green one too. But I think that's just so unachievable for ever, for most people that, uh, that the red is taken over. And I'm a big fan of the red set and, and, but listen, even though I don't, 
I don't, it sounds so, so stupid because I recognize that it's named at PMG, but even though I don't really look at it, at it as one in the, in what I consider to be the traditional form of the, the reds and the greens, which were based off of Gene McLeod's engagement ring, you know, which was, which was emerald in color. Um, despite all that, it's still an amazing card. I'd love to have one. It's probably, you know, maybe for me, the red is the card I want the most in my collection that I maybe don't have right now. This might, this is a top five card for me as well. And, um, it'll likely stay there for many years because we've got the, uh, a price tag like that on it. So, (laughs) but it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited for you, Adam. It's, it's like I said earlier, it's always cool when we own cards or people, anyone in, in the, Anyone in the chat, if you own cards or if any of these are your cards, let us know. We can focus on them a little bit and uh, and just take a look and, and cheer you on as you're selling your cards. Same thing if you're buying them. And again, for us who who own some of these cards, either in the same or or similar grades or lower grades, where in, in my case, um, it's uh, it just adds that one, that added level of interest and excitement. Let's hey, before, go, uh, before you scroll, before you scroll on too far, the card next to it is actually the card in the auction that I'm most interested in seeing what happens with. Um, the Jordan Kobe duel from 2000 is a, is a really interesting card for a few different reasons. One is that it's the first uh, dual autograph between the two. And two is I think it's the first time that we had an autograph, a dual autograph jersey. So it's like from the first set where they ever did that. And then three is it's only numbered to 10, right? So this is... You know, I shouldn't I shouldn't say this because I own one of the two, one of the two cards there. But but that duel there is a card that just that to me is 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 one that stands out as um, that stands out as like the sort of card that somebody has in their collection who is like, I don't I don't know how to describe it. That's like a great that's a that's a cornerstone of your collection. Amazing. Anybody who would see that even a non card collector would look at that and go. Wow, both of those guys held that, and that was, you know, Kobe Bryant's fifth season in the NBA, right? That he signed that, and and you've got Jordan in a Bulls jersey and Kobe in the Lakers. I mean, it's that card to me is is the most interesting card in in this auction. I don't know who the owner is, by the way, or the the seller is, um, but I but I'm really interested for that seller and for whoever buys it. I had a friend, um, uh, Matt, nice looking cardboard, asked me earlier today about this one, and I said. There's one card that I could buy in this auction. It would be it, but it's obviously just, a, it's, it's going to be a ton of money. And I, something tells me it's going to go for quite a bit more than what it's at right now. But, um, but yeah, that, what do you, what do you think of that card? I, I love it too, man. I really do. I love that it's, and based on what you were just saying, like it's the first dual auto of these two guys, it's a Jersey auto, which adds that extra element, which I think is really important. I also like, and I like that it's, 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 it's it's a low grade. Like it's a BGS eight with a nine auto, right? You really, you want nine, nine or higher and a 10 auto, but it doesn't matter for some cards. It's, it's just about what is, what, what the card is about. We put so much emphasis in our hobby on condition and condition is extremely important, but I do like to think sometimes it's, it's about owning a specific card and the condition is secondary. And this card is more important than condition. That's what I really like about it. It's a, it's one of these cards similar to the PM, the, the what I call I'm calling now the traditional PMGs. Um, it, it's you know these cards are you don't care what the grade is on on a on a PMG. You just want to own the card, and that to me is where 
the collectability and and the investability um, have kind of merged to overtake everything else and really make a card something that is um, beyond just the just the importance of the condition of it. And we it you know commodity cards that's just not the case. Any card that you can find any day on eBay or or elsewhere that you want to find condition is everything. But for a rare card, it's almost unimportant. I mean, obviously you don't want this thing driven over with a truck, but an eight, an eight uh, overall grade with a nine auto is kind of just fine uh, for a card like this. So I just want to say that uh, Spurs tells us that Chase owns this card. So I think this is, I'm sorry, Spurs, you're right about this. I said something that's not true. I said, I don't know who owns this. I forgot for a second. This is Chase's card, and he he's listing it publicly, and I I did know that, so my bad. I kind of just forgot there for a second, but but yeah, this is uh, but um, sorry. So let me um, you keep going. There was something else I wanted to say, but I kind of I kind of inter- interrupted you. Justin Vick says that the Jordan Kobe is the most interesting auto I've seen so far. I mean, I think that makes sense. I'm going to go back to the comments where we left off last time and just plug our way through here. Uh, contender sports cards on Instagram says greatest channel on YouTube. I hope you're talking about this one and thank you very much. Mosaic mind says, is Tom Brady truly retired? I guess time will tell. He may want to play for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hart. What's going on? Welcome. Nice looking cardboard says card ladders. Last recorded sale of the, of this card here was in 2012 at $12,000. Their estimated value is 207. So it's already over 207 with you know out the door based on card ladders or again he's telling us card ladders predicted value is 207 and this is over that um out the door at this point in time michael ham what's going on slamming hammy in the jammy what's up and i have and i have to be dryny okay hey man drinking good well drinking poetry pwcc uh premier auction great to have you josh dawson in the house is what about the gold with rivets. Oh, that's the, yeah. Tell us about that card, Adam. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause as I didn't, I don't, I don't look at the comments until they, until they pop up, um, you know, as you, as you share them, I thought the same thing Josh asks here. Um, you know, when you were talking as somebody who has collected basketball cards for a long time, I think of when I, when I hear precious metal gems, I actually hear, I think of the, the green and the red first too. But I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't just think about them at all. I, I, I think of the three sets. I think of the 97, 97 championship. And what Josh is referring to is the 98, which is gold and has like, it has a different, has a different style. It's funny because, um, so the person who I probably like, who I listen to the most about cards is my partner at BCF. His name's uh, Kevin and he's Black Griffin cards on, on Instagram. Kevin's a fantastic mind. He's an artist. He's brilliant. Um, and when I ask him about what sets he likes, he likes the PMG championship the least. And he actually wrote about that in BCF. Um, I think he likes to write things that he knows that I will disagree with and just see how I feel about it. But he he said that and he loves, he loves the gold. He thinks that's just an amazing set. I think that the, I actually like, he and I are opposite. I think that PMG championships, the, the nicest, I like the city in the background. I love the, I love the effect. I love that it's the 50. I love that it's the first year. And then I would take the reds and then I would take the golds, but he's the exact opposite. 
So um, actually, he might take he might take the Reds over the Golds. I don't want to. Well, that's the beauty of the hobby, right? We all yeah. everybody likes something different, and uh, and that's okay for sure. Those those are the three those are the three PMG sets though. And if you if you put those all out there, and then the original essential credentials and the original rubies, you you'll hear '90s guys talk day and night about how they would order those. I have my own order, um, but uh, I think the the hobby community at large has, has decided. You know, the Reds are the the best of those. Well, they're the yeah, I, I, and I think that's that's where we are. So I'm now I'm not I've gone to the end of the auction to the the lowest priced cards at the moment just to see what's down there because we often ignore the low end of the premier, but uh, which is the which is high end for most people. But I'm just gonna scroll through. I, I love this card. I just I wish that he was in a New England uniform because this is a card that that I would consider adding, but only in a New England uniform. So I'm not going to go after that one. I love this item here, a 04 top Super Bowl ticket with a Brady autograph. Mm. I mean, to me, this is a, this is just a wonderful, a wonderful piece and um, something that I would like to uh, like to be able to take a stab. I'm just noticing now there's no picture of Tom on there anywhere. So you're missing that, but still a very uh, interesting piece where you're mixing autograph, ticket, and card all into one. And then I just popped this guy up, even though this wasn't on, on the, the last page, or maybe it was at the top. But this card here, Adam, this is your your P, your precious metal gem from 2008. It does have PMG, precious metal gems, kind of referring to the red foil in the background there uh, more than anything else. But this is just a funny-looking card uh, overall. Just a funny-looking card. How... You know how does the hobby, uh, how does the hobby look to the 08 PMGs versus the ones from the 90s in basketball? A very different. Um, for one, uh, this this was made by Upper Deck. Um, this is after Upper Deck acquired Fleer and started using their their name on things. Um, so that's one thing. For for two, you know Jordan's obviously not an active player at this point, but for players like LeBron and you know Kevin Durant. This was their PMG, right? They weren't around in the 90s. And so I, I think that the hobby looks at them as, as interesting from that perspective. And of course, since Jordan's in it, people love it because everybody loves Jordan. But no question, this this is not in the same world as, as any of those as any of those other sets. Now, having said that, they are still really sought after and they still sell very well, especially the greens. We've seen some greens in the six figures. So, um, but definitely a different category. All right. Thank you for the insight onto that. That's why I brought this guy up. And the price seems very low to me, but without uh, doing any research into comps or history on the item, I just thought it was neat, uh, a neat one to look at. I'm going to, uh, we're going to go rest at the top here, watch the, I, the bids that are coming in in real time. There's one on the set of Marvel PMG Reds. Lots of PMG talk tonight, guys. Let's go back to the comments. So well, as we leave this up again, uh, contender says, I don't have a Tiger Woods SI for kids, but you do have a raw mint MJ SI for kids. Very cool. Great to hear. NA Huggins says, would you rather have the Curry Gold Kaboom or the Gold Pulsar Prism? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, you know, I'd love to add a Steph Curry card to my collection. In this case, I'm going to go with the Gold Kaboom. That would be my choice because I like the Kaboom pattern. I think it's pretty cool. And I also sort of just feel that the pulsar prism is kind of kind of takes a, a it's just just takes the back seat to the regular gold prism, which you know it's kind of like it's almost like it, it it plays in its shadow, and that's just never great for a player's 
equity in the hobby or a cards equity in the hobby. Although the PMG Reds kind of played in the green shadow, but they've kind of stepped out and taken on a life of their own. So these things do evolve and, and change over time. Anything to add, Adam? I like your perspective. I'm I'm aligned with you. I think uh, it's worth noting that the Pulsars are really good looking cards, but there is something about the fact that it's like, it's gold, but it's not the real gold. That's kind of how people, I feel like, um, talk about it. Whereas the gold kabooms, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's collected any of them. I've never owned one, but I know there's people who love them and they've sort of like, I feel like kind of garnered a spot in the hobby at this point. And so that to me feels more significant than, uh, than you know, gold pulsar. Yeah. Same here. So just a reminder, one minute until extended bidding kicks in. So you have a minute to get your bids in. Uh, anybody who is looking to do that, we have rage in the house. What's going on? Justin Vick says with the uh, with the MJ Kobe card, Adam demonstrated why the story behind a card is important. Exactly. I agree with that, Justin Vick. And thanks to Adam for that information. Game Time Gallery says there's a PSA 10 and an SGC 10 86 Fleer Jordan in this auction. I'll point out there's also a BGS 9.5. The SGC Jordan has more eye appeal at 30% discount. If both were raw, I'd take the SGC. So great call out uh, Game Time Gallery because I've actually pulled up these three cards the psa 10 the sgc 10 and a bgs 95 for comparative purposes to take a look at at some point during this show and kind of compare them so um we will do that we will do that at some point game time so i'm sure uh you'll be interested in that and interested in your input as well there's another bit on the jordan we were just talking about from 12 to fourteen thousand dollars. i love this card here just a just a beautiful beautiful card Birds on the Bat says, Jeremy, what's the deal with the error stated on the PSA slip of the Mark, Mark Messier PSA 10? Uh, Julian, that is on every Mark Messier rookie. It's an uncorrected error. So um, all, all PSA Mark Messier slabs that I've ever seen have that on it. And notice the bids are coming in fast as uh, we just went into extended bidding, guys. We just went into extended bidding. We are in the, in the greens, the first level of the greens, five-minute windows. and um, Exciting. Any card that doesn't get a bid in within five minutes will uh, or will will be retired from the auction. Super Spurs fan says grades don't matter to these cards. It's just a cherry on top. Makes sense to me. I, it's exa- I agree. And that's pretty much what pretty much my position on a lot of these. Albert Jones, what's going on? I don't recall seeing any Serena in this right now. Terry confirms that all Messiers have the error on the label and the error on the card. Highlander says Tom Brady is not retiring. He wasn't going to the Super Bowl and needed some attention. <laughs> could be, could be, I suppose. Spurs fan says for some cards like that, sometimes it's okay to overpay because you don't know when it will be when it will become available again. Yes, agree. That's what, right? Any card that is truly rare and scarce out of what out of 10 out of 25 you just don't know when they're going to come up 25 i feel like you may see a card again but any out of 10 you just never know for sure hey, can i can i point something out up or what's still on the on the page oh there it goes i asked the question on my instagram um about that luca optic one of one and it just it came up and it just it went went by real fast there but it's the luca uh, black uh, one of one rookie and it's autographed. And I asked the question, what do you think would sell for more? But I would change the question here for what would you like better, Jeremy? A one of one uh, black optic of Luca 
from his rookie year or a Jordan PSA 10. And the int- this was it was pretty split. So I wonder what you think. What I what I would choose? Yeah. Oh, I take the Jordan all day long. Would all you day really? long. Oh yeah, I mean I, I mean yeah, of course I would. I mean that that you should know that 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 would be my answer. Well, I I don't know that that's my answer. And so I like that's why I asked it and and I think if, I, if memory serves, it was about 60% that went with the Luca. They thought it would sell for more, but it's way below the Jordan right now. So I'm that's one to watch tonight to see how that well, And the reason I, may, I answer is because I'm not about to go – if I were, if I had the choice, it's not like I would go sell that card in the next couple of years. Whatever I choose, I'm keeping for the long term. So I'm that's kind of my thought. And as of right now, Luca hasn't done anything really to justify his card prices, uh, whereas Michael Jordan has. So – you know, he Luke is a great case of of of, ba- of having the value baked in. Not to say he hasn't. Of course, he's shown he's shown his skill. He's shown his prowess. He's shown that he can. He's a game changer, and he may be the face of the league eventually. But uh, but until that happens, I'm going to stick with Michael Jordan, who's you know the face of culture in in, in many in many degrees. I love this George uh, this this George this George Herman Babe Ruth card is. One of my favorite all-time cards. I'm sure I don't. I'm not alone in that. A PSA seven at 110 right now. Oh, a beautiful Clemente PSA eight. A very important baseball Hall of Fame rookie. And look at this. Probably my favorite uh, brand in bat for basketball RPAs being immaculate. And that's a beautiful Giannis. There's a Tiger Wood. Dude, the bids are just coming. I bet. I bet we're not even seeing some of them. They're coming in so fast right now in the background. Um, okay. Rage says the linchpins are hot. Yes, I like the linchpin cards as well myself. Spurs fan said like a stepbrother of the PMGs. They don't get much love. Fair, fair. Good evening, Spurs cards 21. Great to have you. MJ cards 559. Welcome to the show. Jeff Hart says the same thing with gold shimmer. It's not the same as gold. But these are all out of 10 still, which... You know, it's like we're very snobby about our our original prism golds, but I say that tongue in cheek, of course. Josh Packham, do I have the Gretzky rookie bookmarked? You know I do, Josh. We'll be taking a look at it. MJ says I'm a Jordan guy, but realistically, I feel the '86 rookie is overrated. A lot of other Jordans I'd ha- rather have that are less circulated. Yeah, same here, same here. Simon wants to know what are the four cards I still haven't paid for in the top right corner. He's looking at this. These are like um, these are these are small invoices for under a dollar each that I owe them for curating cards that got shipped to them. That's all that is, guys. I I, I have no money outstanding with them. I think altogether these four invoices add up to less than two dollars at the moment. <laughs> Luke says, "How are you guys selling my Gretzky eight? Oh, that's your PSA eight in this auction. Great to hear, Luke. Very cool. And you're the highest bidder on the MJ Fleer PSA ten. Wow. Jay, what do you think of the Gretzky? All right, well, let's take a minute and take a look at the Gretzky. We are still early into extended bidding here, guys. We have a half hour for the green level and then, or no, sorry, an hour for the green level. And then we're going to get into the um, the short ones, the two minute and the one minute levels. But let's take a look at the Gretzky. Here it is. I do have it up. This is a PSA 8. So Luke L., I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of this card. We're going to look at it in detail. The first thing I'm looking for, you know, just out here is centering. Of course, it's slightly off-centered, right to left, but nothing uh, that offends me uh, at all. I'm, I'm happy with that centering. You know, when I say I'm happy, I mean, if this was in my collection, I'd be 
100% okay with that with that centering. Then I'm looking to the word Oilers and the word Edmonton. Are they on the same plane? It looks like the word Oilers might be just a hair lower while you don't have really any printing defects in the word Edmonton. Sometimes you'll see little little like lightened parts where the black didn't press down hard enough or something like that. We're then going to come down the side. I'm going to look at the edge. You can tell we have sort of that rough opichi cut down the right-hand side. You've got, you've got the same thing at the top. The left is a bit cleaner. And the bottom seems to have the rough cut. This, this right-hand cut, I actually looked really closely at this because I wanted to get a really, like you can zoom right, like look at how close we can get in on this. And you can see that that's just a, to me, that looks like a very natural um, opichi rough cut. And you can tell how you've got like this little bit of blue here and then the white between it. So it's, to me, that's what I'm looking for is that natural looking cut which you have all the way down it. And then for me, the key to Gretzky rookies is this section here where you have the most detail. That's where you can really hone in and see the quality of the print job on this. And this card looks to be printed very well. The registration is really good. The, the oil drops placed almost perfectly, maybe a little bit high, but very nice. And then if you if you drive right in here, you know, I always like to see how did the plates line up. And right there, you've got a, just a sliver of white right in there that I don't think should be there. But this is still very light. And you have it coming across here as well. But if you come up here, you don't have it at all on the vertical uh, black line. So a little bit right there. But again, you know, I'm zoomed right in. Overall, it's a it's a very nice copy. You can see his face is totally, totally clear. Yeah. Looks really nice. Adam, anything uh, sticking out to you or that you're noticing on this card? I wondered, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the rough cut on, on the OPGs, but do they all have the rough cut? Most of them do. Uh, basically, uh, as the as the blades got older and older, they, uh, you know, they dulled. And, um, and they I don't were... mind it, by the way. I don't mind it at all. I just wondered, you know, I, I this isn't something that I follow. So I wondered if, if they all have it. It doesn't bother me either, by the way. I love that history. I love it. So just interesting to know if they all have it. Or not. Yeah, they, they don't all, but several of them do. And as we've learned, Bobby Burrell has, has told the story on the show before that, the, you know, back in the day, the, work, the assembly line workers, you know, they had to meet their quota. So they would shove as many sheets under the cutters as they could. And that wouldn't be great for the uh, for the for the blades themselves. You also want to look on Gretzky rookie right right here. We have these two blue, we don't, they're not on this card. So, but oftentimes on the Gretzky rookie, you'll see two faint blue lines coming right in parallel here, about a millimeter apart. And this card doesn't have them. A lot of people say that that is indicative of a first print run. I don't think that's the case, but, um, but some people do. This card does not have those thin blue lines. I think it's just a print error. And then they often show up up here as well, just to educate people on that. But uh, overall, Luke, uh, a nice copy we're at $19,000 right now on it. Um, you know, I, I think this card, based on other PSA 8s I've seen, this should be a $25,000 uh, copy of a PSA 8 in, in my mind. So very nice uh, copy and good luck with your sale, Luke L. Rage says the Jordan for me too and twice on Sunday. MJ for sure from Spurs. Josh Dawson says... Ha ha, 10,000%. I'm in your boat for sure. Good to know. Good to know. Luca, Luca, 
Luke, uh, Rage says, Luca can and who knows, maybe will be a flash in the pan. I need to see more. I need to see hardware and you need to see championships. Yeah, I'm with you on the hardware and the championships. That's important to me too. I don't think he's a flash in the pan though. I just, I don't think he's a flash in the pan. So let me, let me stand up for myself for a second because everybody's on your side. <laughs> um, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you will see another Michael Jordan PSA 10 probably in the next auction. You got one shot at that Luca. And, you know, when it comes to the shiny cards, you basically have Prism and then you've got Optic, you know, as the big ones. So I was shocked to see that card up and thought, that's a huge, huge card. And sat at like 20 grand for the last, you know, for the last three weeks since this has been, since this has been active. And I, and so, so for me, I look at that and I say like, and by the way, you know, everybody, everybody should collect what they like. You're going to see more Jordans. You got one shot at the Luca, and the thing that we know about the Luca collectors, and I'm not one. I've never owned a single Luca car, right? Like I haven't. But like they're crazy people. They love the big rare cards, and so that's a really interesting card. And seeing what it'll do tonight, I don't know who the owner is or anything like that, but I'm excited to see what it does. Well, and we and you know you make a good point that it is a one of one. It's the only chance to have it. Um, but if he does, if he doesn't go on to become a, a goat or the next LeBron no James, uh, you know, I think I'd still I'd rather own the Jordan. But that said, it's you know, it is it's a prestige thing. There's only one copy. Uh, it, it it gives you that that flexibility that not everybody has. Only one person can flex that card, and a lot of flexing that goes on 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 Instagram and elsewhere. So. There, there's that as well. There's look at that. The Josh Allen Prism Gold is up to 130 plus 26. So that's over 150k now. That's pretty uh pretty healthy for that. Spurs fan says Luca is still playing, but there's a risk that he may have a, a an injury. Of course, that's always a, a risk. Rage would take a Dirk over a Luca. Josh says Lulu is great, but no MVP, no ring, and Dallas aren't getting close anytime soon. Tony says Luca being overweight at this age is a major red flag. Yeah, there's there's an issue there. For sure. Birds on the boat on the bats is fascinating. The PSA 9 Bowman Refractor Brady is currently 10K ahead of the SGC 10. Can't imagine that holds. We'll see. Remind us to have a look at that a little bit later. Charles the Charles in the house. Good evening. Says I'm staring at that Spider-Man red PMG at 44K right now. Yeah. Spider-Man at 44K, everybody. Highlanders wants to check the McDavid RPA. There's two McDavid uh, exquisite RPAs. I've got them both actually saved here because I wanted to compare them. We've got the PSA 1010, which is an exclusive card where, where you have a, a pair of 10s. It's at 75 plus 15. This is a $90,000 card right now. And then we have a BGS 9 that's at 23. So it's at about 26.6 at the moment. Uh, you know, that's like a third of what's that Let, less than a third of the price and you're getting this it's the same card it's just not in a psa holder corners eight five the other three subgrades are nines that's pretty strong overall so in this and the reason why i want to look at these is because i wanted to compare the price differential you know let's look at the patch though the patch on the psa is i would argue much nicer than the one on the bgs here simply because you've got the right angles happening right here. You've got this little nice uh, curve here. Just a more interesting patch. The autographs both look to be just fine. So really condition and patch are the two differentiating factors. To me, 
I definitely would prefer this card, but if I was going to be saving $75,000 or 65, whatever it is, I'd probably settle for this and keep that money and put it into something else. So uh, that those are my thoughts on the on the Connor McDavid's. Here's an SGC nine and a half Jordan. How it gets a bit of twenty five thousand dollars. Charles says I need them. You want the Marvel as well? Baseball card curmudgeon. What's going on? Thank you, Albert Jones. Appreciate it, Justin Vic. Thank you very much. Albert has three Gretzky rookies coming from PSA. Well, excited to see what you get on those. Simon says watching Jeremy review a Gretzky Opeachy rookie is like watching an artist at work. That's high praise. I don't know about that, but thank you, Simon. When you refer to registration, I mean, to me, registration refers to the focus of the card. So basically, did the four printing plates all, uh, did they all come down in the exact same position as intended? If they didn't, you have what is a blurry card. Actually, the Jackie Robinson 48 leaf in this auction has poor registration. We'll take a look at that shortly, and I'll give you another uh, visual into that. To uh, this user, the timer keeps restarting every time a bid is made. So if there is no bid in the auction for five minutes, the auction will end. But every time there's a bid, it restarts. And that'll be the case for the first hour. So in 45 minutes, it'll go down to a two-minute counter. You bet, Luke. Hope, hopefully that was uh, helpful. But just really based on, on, on my opinions, Tristan Lee, how's it going? Damn bad night to end auctions all-star weekend. I don't know. We've got over 150 people in here. Card people are pretty hardcore. So I don't know how much that really matters. And the nice thing is that even if you're watching the game on your TV, you can have this all open on your phone and still place bids. Thoughts, Adam? Yeah. It, you know, All-Star Saturday is a huge, Tristan's right. All-Star Saturday is a huge day. But like, for me, it's like perfect bidding time because you really don't need to focus completely on, on All-Star Saturday. You know, it's perfect watching slash kind of like what people probably do with us, right? A lot of people are watching us and they're bidding at the same time. So um, I don't, it might even be a better time than normal, honestly, because it's hard to just, just watch like the three point contest or just watch the slam dunk contest. Yeah, agree, agree. I think it's actually a good thing because you get the excitement of watching the sport and the and the auction ending. And, uh, you know, just in today's world, it's not one or the other. You can have three screens going at a time, and most people do these days. And people who are bidding on auctions with a, you know, where you're expecting the items to all be 20000 and up type of thing, they have three screens handy and ready to go for the most part, I think. I'm making some assumptions there, but I'll, I'll stick with it. I love the Roger Maris rookie. Hey. I was actually just going to ask you about the Maris, like, and that's a 58, right? 58 Maris in a nine. That seems like, that seems amazing to me that a 58 tops card, because those are, those are pretty tough. Um, that that could be a nine looking at that one close might be pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it is. So here's an example of red where the registration isn't perfect. You've got this little, this thin line here. You see that thin line of, of darker blue, that's where you have some overlap. And I noticed that uh, you see it right here down the edge of his arm, a little bit of a, a registration issue right there. You can see it here as well. You see it in the bottom of the sleeve. And then uh, I noticed that just in looking at the at his name, it looked a little blurry to me. You can see that the yellow yeah. plate is a little bit lower than uh, than another plate because it's uh, you've got a bit of overlap here. You can see it. So again, it doesn't, in this case, doesn't take away to for me from the eye appeal of the card it's still a very clear card just uh just a little bit of an issue there and maybe without that it'd be a 10 
who knows? Or I guess the centering's off a little bit as well, top to bottom. Uh, it seems to be up a little bit this way, just a hair though. Overall, it's a it's a beautiful card. I, I love the Maris rookie. Let's go back up to the top. And uh, oh, and there's the Mike and uh, Adam, the Mike, and that's a PSA seven, I believe. A beautiful card. There's a Luca one thirty. Hey, listen, I mean, we talked about Luca. There's no shortage of money going into Luca. Like he, a lot of people must have him pegged as the next face of the NBA. What do you think? Yeah, I think they, I think they do. And it's funny, like here I was, you know, defending that card. That it was, that was the card, the the one that you were just looking at. By the way, that's that's the one that I was talking about. Um, Luca is amazing. Like he's incredible. But everything that everybody was saying about it's true. He hasn't won anything yet. So. Um, the question is whether he'll be an all-time great. And some people want to be along for that ride, right? They want to place their bet early. And so, you know, I, I'm not one of those people. I feel like he's so such a high price already. But by the same token, I look at that card and I just go, oh, that's a big deal that that's up at this auction. You know, you see you see often, and I've, I've noticed on even Twitter watching, I think, it's, um, I think it's Darren Ravel. I follow him on Twitter and he'll often put out a tweet talking about these big bets that are made in Vegas on, on certain games. And I don't know how he gets that information, but maybe it's public, but anyway, he gets it, he shares it. And it's really interesting. Like he'll, he'll talk about these big bets that are being played. Like $600,000 was just laid on such and such a team at, at, at this money line or this over under whatever it is. So I started thinking to myself, you know, what would you rather gamble on a game one night where for, for, you know, call it, 100,000, 50,000, whatever that crazy amount is? Or would you rather just buy a card for 150 grand and take a chance that that player is going to be important down the road? I'd rather gamble on the card than the game. So maybe that's what we're seeing some of. And it's actually not just, you know, investors trying to make long-term plays. Maybe it's more, you know, a, a mix of investing and gambling. Maybe some gamblers are getting their fix in the sports card hobby and laying these large bets on a player where, you know, you're going to get a, a lot. It's again, it's not a one night and done. It's not one day. And then it's over. You've got years and years potentially to, to uh, of, of opportunities of swings of highs and lows where you're going to be able to sell that card down the road for a profit or, or not, but maybe there's a bit of that going on. I'm going to go back up to the comments, Adam, unless you have anything to, to jump in with there. Well, it's just about to go off the screen, but that LeBron Jordan really caught my eye. I hadn't seen that. Um, it's too late for me to bid on it, but that's just a gorgeous dual autograph. I don't know if I've seen that one before. It's probably to 23. Is it to 23? Yeah, look at the sideways look. Just trying to get it into view here. I don't. Uh, it is. It is to 23. Yeah. I don't usually like the words behind the signature. I'm sure you don't either. It's it's not it's not the best look. And so I'm, I'm kind of ignoring that, but the rest of that card is just fantastic. Perfect yeah. blue autographs. And that's not a card. I don't know if I've, I just, I, I've never even noticed that card before. I didn't know that it existed. It's the. It's exquisite. Of, yeah, I know it's exquisite, but the exclusives dual autograph. I don't know if that was out of the, might've been out of the, the Jordan LeBron box where they both signed the outside of the box too. And it was to 23. I'm not sure, but I just think that's a beautiful card. That is a nice card. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Back to the comments then for a few minutes here. Let's see. Where did we leave off last time? Well, here we go. Dave Bolton says one of ones are a joke. I mean, that, that's an opinion. I think it's, I think it's a, um, not the, actually I've seen more and more people kind of 
express that, but you know, are are they a joke? I mean, that that's a pretty strong term for a one of one. I think they're just something that uh, that adds exclusivity and chase and and value to the hobby. So I've got several one of ones in my collection. I don't consider any of them to be jokes. I consider them to be pretty cool. Um, but you know, if you're just printing one of ones for the sake of adding one of ones, like one of ones meant more when there was one in a product. Now you may you may have you have several more than that oftentimes. And I think that's probably what Dave is kind of getting at that they're, you know, just like the Jersey card has become extremely common. One of ones are more common now than they've ever been. But with that said, some one of ones stand above the rest. And, um, and those ones I don't think are are worthy of calling a, a joke. Um, I just, I just love, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, go ahead then. No, it's okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I just think it's great that we all have different opinions. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I try, I was going to say something earlier about the Marvel cards because I don't really get those. And then I, I kind of bit my tongue on that because I don't ever want to take away from what other people like, right? And so what I would say to Dave is, you know, and I don't know, I don't know Dave, but I don't think I know Dave, but, you know, everybody has their own things. Like some people find that like one of ones are the only really fun things worth chasing. And if that's what they like, I think, you know, that's what they should, that's what they should collect. Yeah, collect what you like. We always say that. Charles Fuchs says, Spider-Man is at 50K now. I'm scared to bid for it. It's only 10,000 more than it was last time we talked about it, Charles. So, I mean, uh, hey, you might have to dig into that wall a little bit more. If you're in for 40, aren't you in for 50? That's kind of, that's kind of where my mind goes. Luca Show says, the D-Wade patch is ridiculous. Yes, sports card therapist. What is going on? Rob Gerard says, much love, Jeremy and Adam. A couple of the most knowledgeable guys in the hobby. Thank you very much. To you, Rob, and great to see you. Check out his his podcast, everybody, Sports Card Therapist. He does a great job. Albert Jones says, the NBA is on TV. We are on the phone. Right. <laughs> and maybe on his computer, he's got the auction up too, right? There you go. <laughs> Patrick Gogan from Pennsylvania says, I used to have very extensive vintage collection back in the early 90s, and I got out of the cards long ago. Had a 55 Tops Clemente PSA 7. Beautiful card, Patrick. Still likes watching breaks and card show videos. Yeah, that's a lot of. I'm more. I'm more. I'm more enjoy card show videos than breaks. But hey, good stuff. Great to have you here. Dave says Zion in dollar bins in three years could happen. Could definitely happen. Cole Anthony just dunked with Tim's on LOL. Thank you, Rage. Dave says it's totally gambling and it's going to end badly. Well, you know, if you have that crystal ball, then uh, then we'll have to take your word for it. Contender wow. says one on one. I take John Rant over Luca. If Jaw builds his upper body, he could be the next Jordan. That's lofty praise right there. Jaw, Jaw is amazing. Jaw is incredible. I would. I actually agree with that. With with this this user. Did you Jaws see? The, hold on. You see the price on this Kobe limited logos? It's now at three hundred and sixty thousand out the door. Oh I, yeah, I was looking at that and the Jordan next to it at the same time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the limited logos is. Oh. This had jumped from 190 to 220. We are definitely in record territory on the on the Jordan PMG Championship, and and I think on the Kobe because that's 360 for a Kobe Limited logos. Now it's a 10 is, though. It's a PSA 10. There can't be more yeah. than one or two of those. Well, this is now what 264, I think. So that's uh that's a that's a nice. You're over the quarter million dollar mark on that. That's pretty cool. Rock Lake, Texas. Come on, Jeremy. You can't collect your winnings at the window two to three hours later if you buy the card. That's true. That's true. 
But hey, I'm not making either of those plays, Rock Latex. I was just speculating what's going on in some of these people's minds and why there is so much money going into some more prospecty type of players. Julian says, not specific to this auction, although certainly still relevant to the hoops market. Adam, what's your take on the $600,000 Zion BGS 95 NT RPA sale from Golden? Man, I just can't imagine spending that sort of money on Zion. But there's just, a, you know, I just always go back to people like different things. And that was one of the very nicest of, the, of that card for Zion. Julian, it seems insane to me. I just, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, so, uh, it was uh, it was the the slab stocks guys, um, uh, Aaron and Nate. They did uh, I don't know if it was on Instagram or a video of theirs I was watching, and they were oh, it was a video, and I think it was Nate from Slab Stocks put a lot of work into this. Uh, you guys should go check this out. He basically showed what you could buy with the amount of money that somebody spent on that Zion card, and it was the it was a decent graded card of every goat that exists from, yeah, from Mickey yeah. Mantle, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. They were all there. It was, and it was like 25 cards or something. And it's like, it really put it, it, it was the best, the best way to look at it I've ever seen. And so shout out to those guys, but it just made me think that like, wow, wow. The amount of money people will put into a prospect that has, you know, that has got nothing on the resume yet, you know, except maybe a healthy point per game average that I believe Zion has, but still it really put in perspective. You can get every other card that's on most yeah. people's want list instead of that one uh, $600,000 Zion RPA. So hey, it was the head shaker. Real, real quick while it's still up. Can you click on that LeBron ultimate that's in the middle right there? I've wanted to ask you a question and I didn't warn you about this beforehand, but I'm really interested to know your take on this. So this is one Jordan, or sorry, one LeBron Ultimate Collection card that's up this this month, and then if you can go back and search, there's another LeBron Ultimate Collection that's that's up this month. Can you can you find that one as well? I just wanna I want to get your take on this and see see what your what your feelings are. Is the other Ultimate a rookie LeBron? It's it's the rookie, yeah. I love I love his. Uh, so here we so this one here. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's pull that up. Before we do that, I'm just going to come back here and back this up so that we're on the page we want to be when we come back. So we have the ultimate. I, I do love this card here. Absolutely love it. It's out of 250, I believe. Yes. Nice autograph. Just a, uh, I love it. I love this card. And, and it's a it's card. a nine five, and it's an older it's an older uh, holder too, which is I think some people like the older holders. And then you have this. This is a so this is the parallel. In fact, if you look at it, uh, can you see the can you see the number on the back? Let's make sure I'm I'm telling the truth. It's a C127P. This is the parallel of this card. And so the the question that I have, like, so let me let me just just put this out here. In one in one camp, we'll start with a regular rookie card. You have the card is to 250. It's his it's his rarest uh, just autograph on a, on a, on a card rookie card, a true rookie card. It's in a nine five. It is the definition of iconic. People love this card. You love this card. I love this card. And in the other camp, you have a card that's not gem mint. It is a parallel of the best of, of this great rookie card. It is one of the very few RPAs of LeBron. It has a better looking autograph on it. 
It's to 25 and it has a patch and it's a patch. It's not a Jersey. It's a patch, but it's a one color patch. So my question for you is, which would you rather have? That's a tough question. You know, my first, my instinct is, is this card here, the true, I don't in like the label aside, this is the card that I would be chasing. Um, at first glance, you know, uh, I like it. I like the vertical nature. I like that it's not the parallel, that it is the, the true rookie card. Um, and it's still out of 250 is still a, a good low number compared to some of his other rookie cards. Uh, then you have this cards out of 25. It, it's also great. Um, I didn't know this card existed until right now. I don't like this. I don't like this, this um, line, this, die cut thing going through but that might be there to to uh you know detract people from trying to replace the patch with a more colorful one i'm not okay. sure why that's there i don't like that pattern that that aesthetic um i also don't love the one color but at least you know that the one color is still you know um untampered which can be an issue in the hobby so um it's a tough one man i mean 120 on here 95 on here I don't know. I I'd probably still go for this one uh, because it I probably still go for this one. And I don't exactly know why. I just I think I just like the looks of it better overall. And yes, this has the patch, but that it doesn't add anything aesthetically to the card. This particular copy for me. So I don't know, though. I'm glad I'm not having to make that decision. <laughs> well, thank you for, for being willing to go through this little exercise that I I appreciate when you're whenever you're willing to do that, because. It's great to have independent thoughts, and I don't think there's a right answer here. I will say, for me, you know, and you probably already know my answer on this. Um, the LeBron, yeah, you like one of the twenty-five. Well, the, the you're right, but but it's also about basketball card history. The first RPA was an Ultimate Collection RPA. It came out of uh, two thousand and one Ultimate Collection, and so and then and then every year of Ultimate, they did an autograph patch and. And that came before exquisite. Now, people care about exquisite set now more than anything. And so they they have you're I think you're right, Jeremy. They've forgotten about that card. I'm just gonna tell you, if I wanted a high-end LeBron James rookie that people didn't know about as much, but was so cool, like that RPA, that ultimate collection RPA would be the one I would look for. I love yeah. that card. And and I don't know if it'll if it'll end higher than the ultimate, because we got a long ways to go. Um, whether it'll high, end higher than the one out of 250, but I think that's a wonderful card. And if you were in the market for, you know, something that would make your LeBron James collection different, that one right there it, with that. And then this is something you will love. Look at that, that full body flying through the air, beat up, ready to throw it down. And the autograph is so much better than the other one. It's not even close. It's not even close. Um, it's to me, it's, it's by far that card. But having said that, I understand exactly why you said what you said. And it's just a matter of preference. Yeah. When you just, you just highlighted the whole body image flying through the air, feet up, better auto. That's, that's got me leaning more towards this copy. If we're, if we're comparing these two copies in particular, but if you could possibly find me this card with a perfect auto, maybe a bigger one, bolder on this edge here, even, I may lean towards it, but you, you know, you're right. The aesthetic of this image is awesome. It's awesome, but it's nowhere near as iconic. And you didn't even, I mean, one is like one of your favorite LeBrons and the other, you didn't know existed. So it makes sense. Whatever you like is, is up to you. But to me, that, that patch, man, it's an RPA of LeBron. 
and it's Definitely. 120 now, so it's not cheap. But but All I right. love that card. Okay, Highlander says, I love one of one. It's an awesome chase card. There you go, Adam. You're over 300 grand on that uh, Precious Metal Gems Championship. Uh, I'm going like to I'm gonna have to update the top 100, I think, Jeremy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Lee Haskins says, I like one of ones in the wild, an actual unnumbered one of one that's a real rarity, but I understand the serial number one of ones as being rare, just manufactured. Well, but let's keep in mind, Lee, every card ever has been manufactured, but I hear what you're saying. Brendan Ryan says, rush cards are very scarce. Flippin' Steve has me hooked. All right, good. I like my rock and roll cards too, Brendan. Rage is watching both right now. Albert Jones says, Jaw and Jordan are built similar at that age. The Luca show, LOL, Adam, with a poker face on that Jordan price. <laughs> Dave says, $600,000 Zion. A fool and his money are soon parted. The Highlander says, is that a McDavid high gloss or a Young Guns or an exclusive? That's a great question. I forget what that is, but I did pull it up. I believe I pulled it up here to take a look. We're looking for something from 2015. There's Connor, Connor. Maybe I didn't. Good question. We will we will come back to that uh, to that McDavid card soon. I promise you, Highlanders. Jaw is three inches shorter than MJ. Jaw reminds Rock Latex of Allen Iverson. Yes. Very good. Very good. We got Joe Perot in the house. What's going on, my buddy? Julian says the patch on that ultimate LeBron just makes me sad. It's barely visible. And that right. I couldn't tell at first glance if there was even a patch on there or it was right. just like a, a fuzzy, some pixelated uh, little, a little section of the card to the image. It was pixelated like that. Nice looking cardboard. Hey, says they are both so clean. And Hey, if this guy is called nice looking cardboard and he's saying they're clean, I'll take his word for it. Yep. Eric, what is going on with you? Rob says these are nice, but out of my league. Yeah, no doubt. Same here. Jake's toe, not a fan of LeBron, so I will never own one. Not even a $1 card. Hey, fair enough. Basketball card guy in the house. What is going on? Since I agree with Adam on the horizontal LeBron, a lot of these rarer copies sell privately and don't get tracked as much as the true RCs. That's a really important point right there that a lot of these sell privately and don't show up on any comp list like a card ladder to let us know what has happened. So um, but people in the know, and you know, if you follow basketball card guy on Instagram, you know that he's kind of all over the hobby. Um, I mean that in a good way. I mean, knows people. He's got his uh, he's got his finger on the pulse of the hobby, and would likely know a bit about what's going on uh, behind closed doors in certain uh, you know just from from your network and all that. Albert says, "Is the napkin game used?" So he's talking about what we're calling this here. Now I don't know. Is this actually? what we would refer to as a napkin being a part of the mesh jersey, or is this a white ink patch there? It looks like there's some ink on there, actually, that's sort of, you know, you can come right in and sort of caked right onto the, yeah. or printed right onto the to the fabric. So I don't think I would consider this uh, what we call a napkin, which is a relatively new term in the hobby, which is really just the jersey, the jersey versus a patch. Adam? Well, I don't, yeah, napkin, I think we need to define. I, I, have, a, I have a Kobe card that's just plain white, and people have referred to, to it as a napkin, but it's from the patch. And so people just want to see colors, though. You know, I think people want to see lots of colors. So from this perspective, it, it you know, it depends on how you define it. His question, though, about it being game used is the key here. And I don't I don't think it is. I think it's if you can turn it over and see what it says on the back. I think it'll say that it's event worn. I don't think it's game worn. There's a that's easy enough, right? Um, photo shoot. Yeah, photo shoot. So I mean, it's still it's still event worn, uh, just like the RPA out of Exquisite is. 
right? But but you know, some people really want that game worn, and it's not that. All right, I'm just going to bring up the. Here we have now the Connor McDavid. This is an exclusive. So this was asked a little bit earlier uh, about the Connor McDavid, if it was an exclusive or if it was a high gloss. So for anyone who is unaware, you probably all know, even all the non-hockey guys, that young guns are the uh, basically the commodity rookie card for hockey players, the ones that everybody wants. Um, and, you know, the Alex Ovechkin young gun in a PSA 10 is like an $8,000 card right now. Young uh, young guns have two, in most years now, have two levels of, two main levels of, of parallel. There's more now, but really for what I believe are the most important ones, you've got the young guns exclusives, which is this card here. They're out of 100. And then you've got the high gloss, which are out of 10. So this is an exclusives copy at, you know, at $12,000 right now for a BGS 9. Um, I mean, we saw we saw BGS 9.5 high gloss copies selling for under $20,000 when this product first came out. And now we're seeing an exclusives 9 sell for basically that price. So very, uh, very desirable cards uh, to the hobby. I'll be honest for myself. I, I don't I don't collect them. I don't I don't love them. Um, you're basically taking the exact same young guns and just changing the color foil and putting a stamp on it. And in some cases, uh, an additional uh, element design element like this, this UD exclusives right here. Uh, for me, I'd rather go for something a little bit different for my rarer uh, RP, a rookie year cards of, of a guy like Connor McDavid or any hockey player. But nonetheless, these are widely collected. And, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing if this card gets any more bids. You know, cards like that, it reminds me of Nat. Nat um, collected all of uh, all of LeBron's rookie year cards. And and there's cards that you look at and you go, well, that doesn't look like much. But as we get further and further away from Connor McDavid's rookie year and people are continuing to collect him, a card like this is really interesting to me because it's a rookie. It's a rookie card, right? It's a rookie I card. Think I consider it a rookie card, yeah. Yeah, a rookie parallel. There's only 100. It will never be one of his very best cards, but the people who are completionists make this an interesting card long-term. Agree. Agree. It is an interesting card long-term. And I see, I'm, I'm, I'm a hobbyist who can be, who can not be interested in acquiring a card, but still think it's interesting long-term as can you, as can most of it, but yes, most, most people. So, okay. I wanted to go to uh, this comment from Spurs, Spurs super fan. He says, if a current brand has, 36 million one of ones per year. Is it still desirable? No, it's not it's at that point. I don't think it is. There might be now 36 million is off is obviously a super exaggeration. But if a current brand has a thousand one of ones between all the players, are they still desirable? I think they I think some of them are, but maybe not all of them. Don't forget, printing plate cards are one of ones, and those aren't very desirable. Uh I have a few in my collection for a player collection I have, but they're probably going to be the first ones that I'd move if I had to. I don't love them. I have them because, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Okay, I take it, take it, take it, you know, I'll buy it, but I don't love them. So, but, you know, there was a day when, just think of the jersey card, the the first jersey card, still very valuable. And now jersey cards are not even hits in some cases. Like, it's like, who cares about you? The jersey cards can not even get a dollar bid on eBay a lot of the time. So how... How interesting are they? 
It's, it, I'll, give a good, I'll give a good example. I think what, what Spurs super fan here is illustrating is exactly right. So I, I am a big Rudy Gobert fan. I'm the only one in the whole world. Um, so there was a there was a, a select 2013. This is his rookie year, an autograph patch, and it was a one of one. And I got it, and I was like, yes, I got this Rudy Gobert one of one. I love it. And I got it in the mail, and I looked at it, and I was like, I don't love it. It wasn't significant. It didn't do it for me, you know, and I sold it, even though I love Rudy Gobert. And there's, there are some Rudy Gobert one-of-ones, though, that I would love and that I would pay a lot of money for. So it's not just that it's a one-of-one. It's got to be the right one-of-one. One of one. And the Luca that we were talking about, again, to Spurs Superfan's point, there's other one-of-ones in Optic from his rookie year. But there's only a few of them. There's not 36 million, right? There's a few. And they're all interesting because Optic from 2018 is a really popular set. And so is it the gold vinyl? No. So it's probably not the best one. But it's... Like, you know, it's a one of one of a highly collected player from his rookie year from an important set. And there's not too many better than it. So, yeah, that's that's a different situation. Fair. And uh, there's some more comments coming up uh, that are pretty uh, worth worth looking at. Uh, some good ideas coming up from the chat. So I want to go to Jake's toast as I wish and would like to see cards with game worn. Mention the game it was and highlight something about the game in the description on the back of the card. I think that's something we've been asking for for a long time. But if you have ever listened to Carvin speak on Clubhouse or on an Instagram live, he will tell you that that is just not practical. And there are really good logistical reasons why it is just not practical for a big card company to do that. Several reasons, although we as collectors would love it, we're not likely going to see it. You know, fanatics coming on board, who knows what what they what they will do. But uh, you listen to Carvin explain why that, that why it's not practical, and the light bulb will go off for you. For I'm sure. sure. Uh, basketball card guy says game worn was always a limitation for rookies. They produce the cards so early that the players haven't been in a game yet to have a game worn jersey from. Yeah, bingo. That's something that people don't really. A lot of people um, don't understand or just don't know is that uh, this you know. Oftentimes it comes like, why did this guy get a card? Well, because the set was the set was built and developed like eight months ago, ten months ago, and that's a, a lot of the times the case. Uh, basketball card guy goes on to say, in ultra modern sets, we do see some game worn and things like flawless because they came out very late. Definitely, definitely true. Let me, let, me jump in, let me jump in real quick because because uh, what what John John's saying there is is exactly right. But 2003 is an interesting case because. 2003 Exquisite actually does have some game-worn LeBrons. And so, but Ultimate came out, I believe, before um, Exquisite did. And so it was highly unlikely, but still, I think, worth looking at. And that's because, and that's because uh, NT, yeah, came out or, or Exquisite came out later. Yeah. Ultimate would have come out before for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dave says, agree, game Ward should state the game. Again, not going to happen. Uh, archives one of one, in my opinion, are trash, says Rob. Albert lets us know it was the worst slam dunk contest ever. <laughs> and uh, John, basketball card guy, says, I'd love to see one of ones with unique designs instead of just being other colors. Original photo, something that makes you feel like you really have the only one. Yeah, I definitely uh, do agree with that. Although, although, I'm just thinking about prisms and I'm thinking about like, you know, all the all the key prism rookies, the fact that the that the the if there's a if there were a Luca prism one of one parallel, maybe there is, and I just don't know. There, there is. probably is. There is. Okay. Yeah, there is. 
and it's the same image as the basic prism and prism silver. I like that too, but a variation, one of one, to, to meet John's request here, I think would, would make a lot of sense. But I do still want the, the same image, one of one, to exist in that case. Julian says, the 03 Upper Deck Sweet Shot LeBron is such a weird card to me. Why did he sign a baseball? Yeah, that's just something fun Upper Deck uh, did back then. Definitely. Ryan C says, guys for basketball, do you all think that contenders autos or optic autos are more sought after? Adam, which one is it? Man, I would say I just like Optic more. Um, they're both great cards. I don't know which one's more sought after, but I like Optic more than Contenders. Fair, uh, Dave. Dave, that's not why. That that's not why it's not practical. There are there are actual reasons, but uh, again, um, I'm not going to get into it right now because I won't be able to articulate it as well as Carbon Chung can. And Carbon has is the you know the the Godfather of of uh, the modern era in my mind. Hey, Jonathan M says, Tops puts holograms on high-end baseball patches that you can look up to see game uh, details. That's very cool. And Mike at Eastridge says, I love the way Tops puts stickers on some memorabilia pieces that has a serial number you can look up. So there we go. We have two guys saying the same thing back to back. Very nice. Very nice. Key Killer would like to see photo-worn jerseys removed. Then you'll just get no jerseys in most cases, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And Jake's Toe, because a lot of cards with a square inch of jersey would have the same description on the back. Nice looking cardboard says uh, John and Adam, two guys who have taught me so much and so generous with sharing their knowledge. So Adam, of course, you can follow on Instagram at the real 27 guy. And John, I believe is simply basketball card guy. This is uh, John right there. And I think he uses a similar, um, similar icon on Instagram. And then last comment, and they were at the bottom of the comments. Highlander says the difference in the young guns, exclusives and high gloss is slight. But at the same time, huge. It just makes it rare. There are also rainbow, rainbow silver foil as well. And some acetate versions too. Here we go. Pedro says, do you think if PSA offers discounts for very low serial numbers, it would solidify them as the top for the long term? No, I don't think that has would have any bearing on it. It offers discounts for very... Well, PSA wouldn't offer them. They don't sell the low serial numbered cards. Those are sold by the, by the owners of the cards. If you're talking about a serial number on a slab, so I don't think it. I don't think there's anything to that comment, Pedro. Um, sorry, sorry to say. The question that I have is whether G, the Lucky Show, is still here and whether he's watching this Steph Curry gold just go up and up and up. This one here. Yeah, G has uh, G. G did an article for for BCF um, towards the beginning of of, of the magazine. It's probably like issue maybe six, maybe eight. Um, where he talked about his, his, he has every Steph Curry gold prism, Jeremy, everyone from 2012 onward. And so this one that's up right now, I think it's, is that 2018 that's in the middle there? It's a 10. So that adds to it, but 50 grand uh, for a, for, for that one. I think that's pretty strong. Having said that, it's also like, you know, there's, what is it? 80 or 90 prism golds of Steph Curry at this point total since the beginning. So um, I obviously have a vested interest in, in Steph Curry. One of my biggest cards is a Steph Curry prism gold, but that's, that's a pretty good number right there. I'll bet G's feeling pretty good about that. And it's a BGS 10, which is uh, kind of gives it that additional level of value and exclusivity, but it's a nice looking card for Love sure. It. It's 2016. Oh, 2016. Yeah. So, so there good. is 10 minutes left in this first level of extended bidding. So uh, this this 
timer that keeps on resetting to five minutes and it looks like there hasn't been a bid on any card in the auction for just over a minute now and if this thing gets down to zero without a bid which it won't but if it were to this whole thing this auction would end and all the cards would be over uh before the first hour of extended bidding were to come to a close but um we've never seen that happen we are there we go and, and there's a bid and leave it to spider-man to kick us back to the five minute reset but uh we were expecting that and once eight o'clock hits, eight o'clock Pacific, once eight o'clock Pacific hits, the clock will now reset to two minutes. And if there is no bid within two minutes, the auction will end, which is pretty, uh, I, I like the system. It does give you time to get your bids in for sure. How cool, how cool looking is that Spider-Man card? I know I said earlier, it's not my thing. It's not, I don't get it, but that's a cool looking card, isn't it? It is a very cool looking card. I it, it is a very cool looking card. I was never personally growing up. I mean, I used to go where I grew up. The 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 first LCS I ever had was called ABD Cards. ABD Cards, a very strange name. But anyway, it was it was located in the back corner of a comic store that was called Book Fair. And I used to go downtown in Winnipeg every Saturday on the school on on the bus with a buddy of mine, like in grade three, four, five. And hang out at that store. And I was, I would look at the comics, but I was buying Archie comics and that sort of thing. I wasn't buying the superhero comics. So I've never been into Marvel until I like these. I like the movies, of course. They're all very entertaining, but I've never been like a superhero fan or, or a comic book fan from back in the day. I preferred Archie to X-Men. So I could not justify myself buying a big, a big Marvel card like that. That said, I appreciate the aesthetic. I think it's very cool, and I understand just how important it is. So it's a very, very cool card. I want to go to Paul's comment here. It says, just wondering, what percent do you think Kobe's Chrome rookies have the greening issue? Do you think all those Chrome Kobe's will hulk out over time? Well, that's a really great question, and we haven't answered that, Paul, because Gene McLeod from Arena Design, who um, was in, who has some idea about ideas about how different card stocks and technologies used in in cards work and she was talking in the context of the Duncan go nuts card because she designed that card she she tells us that it really has to do with the particular sheet that was used for that particular copy and the level of chemical in that sheet so not all Duncan go nuts are gonna are gonna yellow over time and I don't know if that's the same case for a so I shouldn't say we have an answer as I did before. That was on 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 more acetate, where chrome is a different a different element. So I have to take that back. But all that said, I my co I have a Kobe uh, Kobe tops chrome rookie card with the most minute amount of greening on it. And is there going to be more? Gosh, I hope not. But I guess we will see. I guess we will see. Is so this Josh Allen 180 grand. Um... And that's Steph Curry. This isn't the first auction where we've sat here and gone, wow, the Prism Golds are sure doing things. Um, I just don't know football. 180 grand, though, uh, for a rookie. What would you – I mean, I don't know if I've asked you this before. What would you prefer, the the NT out of 99 or the, or, the, or the gold out of 10? Just assuming average grade across both, which of those two do you prefer? It's gonna be hard to get me off the RPA, man. I mean, you got the auto, you got you got the the patch, you've got. I mean, it's just yeah, it's hard to get me off an RPA. Prism golds are a relatively new thing. I know there's been 
other golds earlier on, but I'd probably go for the RPA. Yeah, cool. I think I would. I think I would. Um, okay, back to comments. John says, Paul, I had a few in the safe since 1998, and they have not greened. I also have a full set from that year when stored in a dark, cool, dry space, and they are okay. Definitely some reaction with environment. So there's a bit of insight based on experience. By the way, I do love this card here. I love the Immaculate, as I've said before. I, you know, If I was buying a Luca for 32 grand, I'd take this over anything else. Is this an RPA? Is it? Is it to 77? Is it the acetate? I think it, it is. is gold. I believe it is. Yeah, it seems to be. I think it's to 77. And and I'm with you. If I was going to buy a Luca RPA, I think I think that there's they, they started doing some different things. Uh, this is to, never mind. This is a 10 of 10. I mean, even better. Yeah. Even better. You've got a nice three color patch, a little bit of blue there, but you got all these dots of blue throughout as well to evenly distribute the blue throughout the whole patch window. I, to me, this is just a nicer looking card than than NT all for sure. day long for, for me. Sure. How's the auto? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty strong. Yeah. Lightning down in the corner there, but pretty good overall. You, it's fun. I just you, like noticing the cards as they come across the top. The McDavid's at 120. Brady Chrome, 170 for the refractor. Okay. Can you do can you do the 3D on, on the look? I just want to see. I just want to see if it has that. Because the acetate finish on the on that card is best moving. It's it's that's a good one to look at moving. The 360 slows down my stream. Does it? Okay. Yeah, it's not even really loading oh, that well. That is so nice it. though. Look at that. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. I'd be buying that for sure ahead of um most of his other high-end rookies. I would too. Expensive rookies. So we are we are 5 minutes away from the two minute window starting up Highlander says was, was it was a card store that had comics downstairs. Not at that time. Highlanders. Uh, it was all in the main level. It was on the corner of like Portage Avenue and one of the streets there going through downtown. I don't remember. Uh, Pedro, I meant discounts for grading fees for any low serial number cards. No, absolutely not. They would never do that. Pedro. And they don't need salt. No, they're already solidified as, as the as the number one grading. They have over 80% of the market. So I just don't see it. I just don't see the need for that at all. I could see them actually charging a, a premium for, for rarer, more valuable cards as they do, as they do. Is that that Spider-Man that's in blue? I don't now I'm asking about things I just don't know anything about, but isn't that's gotta be rarer than the the red one, right? It's probably yeah. a or something. But yep. it's a it's a it's at a it's at a lesser price. Well, it's also a PSA seven. I don't remember what the red one was. It was a nine. Yeah, so there there that's probably got a bit to do with it. But the red, the red is also a color match, which people really like. Mm. So, and the blues maybe just don't carry the prestige as the uh, that's to true. the degree that the reds do because they weren't around at the beginning of time. So yeah. good call. Uh, okay, Luca Show. The Luca Silhouettes Prime is the better deal right now. Very good. John says, thanks for doing this broadcast. Excited to Exciting to see the auctions nearing close and the color commentary. Well, thanks for being here, John. Uh, you're someone that I've definitely been aware of and look forward to meeting in person, hopefully soon. Maybe the Mint Collective if you're going to be there. Luca Show says, looks like you just woke up. And Steve, sir, good evening uh, to you as well. Thank you for being here. Okay. 
There was some. Let's go. Let's go have a look at some other cards that are going on because we are still three minutes away from the five-minute windows being done and moving into the two-minute windows. Now, I I wanted to pull up these two Mickey Mantles. We have a PSA seven and we have a PSA six. This is the true rookie card, guys. This is the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle rookie card. The 52 tops is his first tops card. Obviously more highly desired in general by the hobby. It is an iconic card, if not the most iconic card in the whole hobby. I actually think it's kind of more important than the Honus Wagner, which has sort of been, you know, the, the poster child card for our hobby for many decades. But to me, the 52, the 52 tops Mickey Mantle is a more iconic card to me. That said, this is the true rookie, the 51 Bowman. And Full transparency, I, I own a copy of this in a PSA 6. I have a card just like this one here. Wow. Mine's actually better centered, but I wanted to compare a PSA 6 to a PSA 7. And in this case, the PSA 7 is even more poorly centered yeah. than the PSA 6. Have a look, everybody. Here's the 7. See the wide border down the right, a little bit of a wider border on the bottom and the top, but definitely left to right. It's definitely off-centered left to right where it's easy to see. And top to bottom... It's off-center, but not quite as, as extreme as left to right. So this is the PSA 7. Other than centering, this thing is absolutely beautiful. Maybe a slight printing defect up there. Corners, edges all look great. You know, hard to tell really any surface issues. You look at the back, a very clean back. This is the color of the backs of these cards. You've got a corner issue. Uh, there is a, oh, where do we go? Where do we go? We've got a corner issue right down here on the back on the lower right. Yeah, definitely a, an issue there that is probably keeping it along with centering from being higher, a bit of an edging issue there. Easier to see on the back than the front. Little minor flaws, nothing that, that, that would offend me in the least though. So that's the PSA 7. And you compare it to the 6. The 6 is, I think has better centering it's still not perfect. It's, it's it's the other way, left to right. Top to bottom seems to be the same. Might actually be very similar centering. You know, you've got definitely a bit of additional wear on the corners. Yes, you've got wear on this corner here. You can see right there, a little bit of the surface missing. Nothing, again, this is kind of what, what I look for in an old vintage card is are some signs of, of, of love. And you have signs of love right here. You've got a bit of an edge wear right over here. I do really like both copies. Although I do prefer my personal six because the centering on my six is better than both of these cards. But all that said, the other thing I want to point out about these two copies is notice the color of the card itself, the color of the, of the image. And I want to get them right on the same plane here if I can. So when we go back and forth, yeah. So look at this one. The seven is a little bit lighter. Maybe less ink was applied. Look at, look at his face in particular. Look at his face in this one and then look at it in this one. More red in this one versus this one. I yeah. like the brighter colors for me. I prefer this version of it. Although this one's very clean too. I got I'm, I got to maybe reconsider that actually. I like both. This one's very nice. So oh, they're both nice. What do you prefer, Adam? Is the, in terms of the image, the color of the image, this one, and it could be the photography, but I don't think so. I think PWCC uses the same positioning yeah. and, and camera for all these cards so it must i do think it's a difference in the color of the cards but adam this one his face is redder than this one here it's lighter yeah. does which one do you prefer 
I like how you're going back and forth real quick. And it's something that I do. I actually do this in my work too. You've probably done it before. Like PDFs that you want to see have changed. You can line them up and sort of toggle back and forth real quick. And just doing that gives you a real sense that there is something different here. They're both amazing cards. Like they're both amazing. Um, but you asked me specifically about the color and, and I like, I'm, I agree with you on the color, but I, I'm not bothered in either case. I will say to me, the biggest thing is the, the seven, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's a little bit more off centered, but the rest of the card is just so darn clean, you know? So I would prefer the seven in this case, yeah. I think it's a better card, but, but that six is a gorgeous six. I'm with you. I would prefer the seven as well. In this case, uh, the corners are certainly the difference maker there. I think the centering is like basically the same. It actually, you look at this right edge here, it might be a, a tad narrower than the left edge here, which this would make just, this... it stands out to me as, as, as better on the six, but I, yeah, I don't know. Well, and it, it did to me at first too, but that, who knows, that could just be a design thing or our eyes playing tricks on us. We'd have to measure, but in any event, it's nice to look at a six and a seven back to back. So the seven's at $80,000 or 96 with the, with the buyer's premium. And the six is at 48. So 48 versus 96, you know, for $50,000, uh, give me that six all day long and I'll I'll spend 50 somewhere else. Just me. Again, I do believe in buy the best you can afford. But that always, I've always had a bit of an issue with that, with that statement because, listen, sure, maybe I can afford the more expensive mantle here, but then I can't buy anything else, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I like to buy what I can afford, but leave me some play for some other items as well. And we are now into the, the next level of extended bidding, the two-minute windows, guys. And we have Jesse Craig has joined us. He is in the back room right now. We're going to bring him out. Jesse, we'll give you about 30 seconds. I'm going to go through the, the comments that have come in, and then we're going to bring you on. So going back to the comments right here. Sean from Victory Investment says, of the 51 Bowman, I like the six better. Good to hear. I, I, I respect that opinion for sure, for sure. And Sean, thanks for being here. Obi Toppin won the slam dunk contest. Good to know. The Highlanders has the gold medal game getting ready to start. Very awesome. Super Spurs fan. A question for Adam. What can fanatics do to revive the market of inserts? I want to bring back the love for inserts like we had in the 90s. I mean, I think, uh, Adam, answer that, but quickly if you can. There's a very strong um, following of inserts right now from the Panini era. People are really gearing up just, you know, for that. So for that to come to an end. So I would say... Watch those carefully over the next little while. There you go. There you go. Uh, Larry says that the grades on the mantle should be reversed. Although, Larry, when we looked at the corners, I don't think that's the case. But I hear you. Sean from a, a Vintage Noob says, what makes the 52, 52 tops mantle exponentially more valuable than the 51? Demand. Demand. Iconic image. Uh, more traditional size card, even though it's oversized compared to today's cards. Uh, first tops card. Uh, high number, very rare. Many were dumped into the uh, into the Hudson. So lots of reasons for that, uh, uh, Sen. And thank you for joining the show. Rob says the PSA label looked different on the six. So maybe there was a different. And we'll ask Jesse in a, just a minute about uh, the photography that goes that's involved in some of this stuff. <laughs> okay, Adrian, I, I doubt it. Okay, Let's bring out Jesse Craig. We're going to take this off for a moment and bring him out. Jesse from PWCC, welcome to the show. How are you, my guy? Good. How are you guys doing? 
Doing good, doing good. So we were just, you probably heard, we were just talking about those those Mickey Mantles and yeah. the fact that the colors look different between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, fr- from PWC's, PC's, PWCC's perspective, is that a difference in the card or could there have been a different environment when you guys were photograph- photographing these two cards? No, imaging something that we take very seriously and, um, you know, we spend a lot of time to try to perfect it. So um, every card that you see imaged is used under the same circumstances. So if the color, if there's a color variance on a mantle, on a 51 Bowman mantle, then it's going to be the card. Um, it's the the actual print on that card, not the photography. Yeah. And th- yeah. that's that's what I thought. So then if there's a slight difference in the color of the PSA label, same thing, that's a PSA yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible that those fade over time, depending on the lighting that they've been exposed to. So, um, yeah, the the lighting that we have as a company is consistent. Um, you know, we actually at one point, I think it was two or three auctions ago, we found an inconsistency with uh, before the auction launched with one of the cards. And we reshot every single card in the premier auction to make sure they were all shot under the same lighting. OK, That's very cool. Very yeah. cool. So- so why don't uh, welcome again, Jesse. Why don't you, you just let people know what is your role uh, with PWCC? Uh, my official title is Director of Business Development. Um, so I I kind of lead our, our sales team that we have here. And I'm also part of our leadership team at PWCC. So I'm one of six people that makes all the decisions for our company, uh, minority owner, all that all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got a lot going on and uh, it's been a it's been a wild six months, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I have no doubt. How long yeah. have you been with the company? Uh, just over three years, officially. Okay. Over three years. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Adam, any uh, any opening comments or questions for Jesse? Um, just a quick comment. I was talking to one of the reps at PWCC um, the other day, and he talked about how much stuff you guys have going on. He <laughs> said, "He said, you know, I think about that that analogy you've probably heard of before about like flying a plane and building it at the same time. And from my perspective, that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're doing, you know, you mentioned the imaging. I like, I'm not saying anything new new here. You guys have easily the best imaging." of everybody. I don't think it's, I don't think it's close. Um, and I know you guys are working on so much stuff right now. So I'm just excited to see, you know, kind of what, what things you have coming up next. And cause it always feels like there's something, but, uh, if there's any hints you could give us on that tonight, obviously that would be cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of hints to give. Let's just say the next six months, there'll be quite a few things that are going to come out. We've been working on a lot of things, uh, for the last six months, obviously we had to, you know, the departure on eBay, that was a massive pivot that actually put us behind the eight ball on a lot of things that we wanted to do. Um, you know, it fundamentally changed our business in the way we did everything from the actual auction to operations to accounting because everything was tied in through a third party company that we no longer associate with. So we had to change everything. Um, kudos to my team. I, I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine another company that could have done it, to be straight with you. Uh, everybody worked crazy hours. We did everything that we could in our power to make it happen. and. You know, I believe we accomplished what we wanted to. And now we're we're completely independent. We control everything, which has been a blessing. And, uh, you know, it was that cord that's very difficult to cut. Um, but, you know, once it was it was done, you know, we uh, onward and upward and and we're going to keep building. And we've got a lot of stuff in the works. I got to ask, what about um, an app right now? The PWCC app and maybe there's been an update that I'm not aware of. But right now, the PWCC app mm-hmm. is kind of more geared towards sellers to see what they have in their vault and mm-hmm. what they've sold, what they might have selling in that. Is there, uh, has there been progress on a native app for buy for the premier auction and the weeklies? Well, there's something I can tell you then. 
<laughs> we will have uh, we will have bidding available through the app in the very near future. Um, a matter of months. Uh, it's it's something we've been working on and something that will be up and ready to rock here pretty soon. Okay, that that that's uh, I think that's big news to me. That uh, that's going to be. Um, I, I in in your in your mind is that going to be a game changer at all? Is that going to be uh, is that going to change the amount of bids you anticipate coming through? It's possible. I think it just allows people to bid however they prefer. Um, you know, it's more of a preference thing. I I honestly typically bid on a computer if I bid in an auction anywhere. Uh, I don't usually use my phone. But look, it, we're in a mobile age where a lot of people do use their their mobile devices, and so we want to make sure if that's their preference, then we have that available for them. Yeah. Right on. Well, Boston Authentic jumps in and says, Jesse is the man. It even says it on his business cards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Lee says, thank you for saying the 51 Bowman is Mantle's rookie. So many people say the 52 Tops is his rookie card. It is not. It, right. it certainly is not. But so many people, uh, you're right, Lee. So many people do say that. Um, Jesse, let's get your thoughts on that. I mean, we often see cards on various auctions having the word the the rc designation in the in the description or in the title for cards that may not actually and I, it's such a i think it's an evolving thing but for some cards that may not be true rcs what do you like to to you how do you guys see the 52 tops mickey mantle do you ever call it or do you ever refer to it as his rookie card or do you no. recognize no, it as don't. his second year card no, we don't call it as rookie card because it's not, right? Uh, it's really that simple. And I actually think the 51 Bowman Mantle is extremely undervalued because it is a true rookie. I mean, I understand the brand that Tops is. I understand the high numbers. Um, you know, it's a vertical card, not horizontal, and the, the iconic image of the card. But to me, I mean, the 51 Bowman Mantle is a fraction of what it should be. It's a true rookie, same year's Maze rookie. I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous card. Uh, they even remade it with a 52 Burke Ross the next year because the image was so great and the card was so great. So I personally, I just think that the 51 Bowman Mantles have a ton of room to grow. Yeah. And hey, owning one myself, I I think it's, I also think it's undervalued. I say that obviously, obviously I have some bias because I own a sure. copy. I don't have the 52 Tops copy, but I bought it because it's the true rookie and it was at a, a fraction of the price. So I, I felt that there was value there. And it's yep. also beautiful. The 52 tops oh, is beautiful too. But the 51 Bowman is gorgeous. Never mind that. Bowman is Bowman has great heritage in our hobby, great equity in our hobby. Look at the 48, 48 Leafs and Bowmans. I mean, Leaf as well back then. But Bowman isn't it's it's not like a brand that is that was just a fly by night or a you know a one-hit wonder. It's a it's a very important uh, card, card and brand and set uh, in its own right in my mind. So we're on very the same page, definitely. Hey, very I've good. got a question. I've got a question for Jesse. Jesse, sure. what's your uh, what's your favorite card in this auction? Uh, in this auction, let me, man, let me look back through it. There's there's a lot of really good stuff in this auction. Some sneaky stuff. Um, being a big exquisite fan, I mean, a pop one. 2003 PSA 10 Kobe limited logos. I mean, that's a, that's a massive card. Mm. Um, I'm also a nineties inserts guy. So uh, the 97 metal universe, Jordan, I mean the championship, that's, that's a monster card. I know that has a place in your heart, Adam. Uh, so that's not even biased. I just, I love that card. 
And it's, um, it's, it's got a nice place in my heart, but it's in your vault right now. So I'd show it off. I show it off. You're closer to it than I am. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously the 2000 upper deck uh, game jersey, you know, that card being the first dual auto, dual patch card of Kobe and Jordan is a big deal. Um, you know, but there's, there's a lot of really quality stuff in this auction from top to bottom and a lot of different stuff. So I'm, I'm really happy with uh, kind of the, the variety that we have in in this auction as a whole as you should be i i thought this was a great auction i i every page i went through there were more and more cards that i just really enjoyed i mentioned earlier that we were going to take a look at the jackie robinson so um okay. jesse I, i'm about to beat up on a card here so uh <laughs> so i've warned you you've you've been okay. warned all so right. let's take a, let's take a look at this jackie robinson because we've been talking about registration tonight yep. and so this is a PSA 5, 48 Leaf Jackie. My favorite card. This is my favorite card in the hobby right here. But not okay. this particular copy because his face is blurry. This is a registration issue. And we see it down the side of the cap here. You see it at the top of the cap. Down the side of his face, there's this red border to his face. And you can see the blurriness in the eyes and all the detail of the face. You, you zoom out and you can just see that it, it's not the clearest image. All that said, it's it's still a five. I believe it still is in excellent mm -hmm. condition. You've still got nice edges, corners as you would expect. Overall, some some toning, even a bit of surface issue over here if that's not on the PSA holder itself. But if you guys, if anyone out there who is interested in the talk about registration, if you go and look at other copies of this card, do a Google image search or search on PWCC's archives, and you'll see that this copy is it's blurry. It's, and that is, that is what I call, and I believe, I think the hobby refers to that as a registration issue or right. even, even a, a print defect in a way, Jesse, anything you want to add in just because we're talking about it? Yeah, of course. Um, I think in general, when people are looking at, let's just say PSA 548 Leaf Robinson's, right. Um, and you're looking at comps, you can't just look at the number that it sold for, you know, especially when you're talking about vintage cards, it doesn't matter as much in modern stuff, but with vintage cards, I mean, you need to, when I'm when I'm pricing on a card, if a client brings me a card and says, hey, what do you think this is worth? You know, I don't just look at all the sales, right? I click into every single image of every single card that sold because sometimes there are going to be outliers. Even if it's a card that we didn't sell um, that looks gorgeous, well, that's going to sell for a premium, right? Now, obviously, if it goes through our auction, it's probably going to get an eye appeal sticker and that will increase the value because we're kind of validating that, you know, what you're seeing is what you're getting. But um, in this regard, yeah, I mean, you need to look at all the comps. And you need to look at the registration. That's a big part of eye appeal as well as, you know, the, the two biggest parts of eye appeal is really kind of the registration or the print. Um, even I kind of combine those two together, but, uh, and the centering, uh, those are, those are just big deals on a card when you're talking about the actual eye appeal. Now, corners um, and edges, they're not the most important when you're talking about the eye appeal of a card. It comes into play. It's obviously part of the equation. But the registration or the image or the, the color and the centering are the two most important factors. And honestly, centering is probably number one for eye appeal, in my opinion. Can I, yeah. Can I, just, can I jump in real Go quick, ahead. Jeremy? Go ahead, just, just add um, the thing that that that, I, that I'll say here though about about this Jackie in particular is is I think everything that you guys just said is totally true. And I totally agree with it. But we, we got to remember that there's also these these people out here who who are um, who are buying cards as part of you know, their registry. This is a great opportunity to to move up in a registry for somebody at maybe a price that's less because it doesn't have that eye appeal. And so, you know, um, everything, like I said, everything you think you guys just said is right. But 
it is still a PSA five, whether it's got that blurry image or not. Yeah. And, and look, the centering for a PSA five on this card is really good. I mean, it yeah. is really good for a PSA five. So there, you, you look at this and when you're thinking about what was going through the graders mind when they graded the card, you know, there are factors that are nicer than a PSA, a normal PSA five on this card. So, you know, I would say that it probably averages out to around a four or five. I mean, that's about what the grade should have been on this card. But when you talk eye appeal, yeah, registration or color and centering are huge. Definitely, definitely agree. I mean, you, you know, you you mentioned that the uh, when PWCC puts their eye appeal sticker that you're validating that you're what what you're getting. I actually think that it's more than that. I think I think that that any eye appeal designation, whether it's the PWCC or 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 Jeremy Lee saying this is strong for the grade, that's mm -hmm. really what you're getting, and that's what you guys are telling people with those stickers that this is strong for the grade, and. What the hobby, what any hobbyist needs to realize is that not all PSA 8s are the same. Not all 5s are the same. The lower down you get, the more variation you will see within any grade point. There are not only 10 conditions of cards. There is an infinite amount of conditions of a card. So ten, a 10-point 10 grade scale is very restrictive. Okay, we have the half points, so whatever that is, 19 of them. Still, it's very restrictive in terms of what we can put on there. Uh, what what they can uh, what they can use as a final grade. So um, I think the eye appeal designation stickers that you guys put on, they do two things. They tell you that you might be getting a copy that is strong for the grade, whether it's top five, fifteen, or thirty percent. But it also drives up the price because you're getting a nicer card than sure. what the average comp. I also agree, and Jesse, I mean, I, you don't need me to agree with you here, but when you say that you when you're comping out a card. For a client, you're look, you're clicking into the history to see what that card looked like. I do the same thing, whether it's on PSA's uh, auction uh, auction price report or card ladder or wherever. You have to look at the card itself and see why did this card mm -hmm. sell for so low? Well, maybe it was a weak five. Maybe mm -hmm. this card is going to sell for eighteen thousand tonight, but a strong five would sell for thirty. And I'm going to pull up. I have. I have this card in a PSA six. I'm going to pull up the image of it so you can see what a strong registration of this card looks well, like. So let me while you're pulling that up, there's one other thing that just for those that are you know watching that may be newer to the industry or the hobby, um, you know one thing to just keep in mind is that grading there's a human being that decides the grade of that card, right? There's obviously a quality control process, but they could be having a good day and they could be having a bad day. And so, you know, for any of us that have sent in cards to get graded and got them back and be like, you know, what the hell just happened because the grades are way lower than you thought they'd be like, hey, maybe that guy, maybe something happened in his personal life that morning. Maybe he had a bad day going in the office or maybe something good happened and a card got overgraded. But the point is, there's a human element that is involved in grading and everyone needs to keep that in mind. And so when you have the PWCC sticker or, you know, Mike Baker's, you know, he has a sticker as well. You know, we're basically validating. It's a second look at that card basically saying, yeah. What you see is what you're getting, and it's may maybe even nicer than you know what they graded the card, and and that's kind of the whole point of the process. And it I makes perfect sense. Sorry, Adam, I just it, it makes perfect sense because the technical grade can sometimes be be very disconnected to the eye appeal of the card. And we as human as humans who collect cards, we're not looking at them under under extreme magnification. We're looking at them with our naked eye most of the time. So it doesn't really matter if there's a flaw that you can't even see, but that's going to bring the technical grade down sure. a point or two. So having mm -hmm. that, that opinion. Now there's a few comments here. I just have to get to um, 
well, Dave, Dave Bolton says stickers on slabs are a joke. Maybe we can slab the slabs. Uh, he says my eight has a double slab, three sticker hologram approved grade, and maybe people can use their own two eyes. So I, I, I got to pick on you a bit here, Dave, because it's a very, um, those are all, grumpy. well, it, it's sure it's <laughs> grumpy, but you know, we have, we have grumpy in the hobby, of course, but really it, it's just, it's a lack of understanding that, that there is more to a card than the grade that PSA puts on it. And it has to do with why grades, why cards grade out the way they do. So to say that even if you go to a vendor at a card show named Jeremy Lee, who's going to tell you, look, I'm going to sell you this card or, or you, you're, this is my card. It's for sale. And I'm going to tell you it's strong for the grade. Now, some people will say, well, you're going to tell me every card you have is strong for the grade. Well, no, I'm not going to. Maybe some vendors will, but I won't. So sure. if, if I'm going to tell you and I know for myself that a card is strong for the grade and I'm willing to spend more on it, well, then why couldn't a PWCC or a Mike Baker have that same opinion and put their sticker on it that is strong for the grade because they've seen many, many copies. So it's, you know, part of it's an education process too. So, you know, we are trying to grow this industry and this hobby, right? Because it, it benefits everyone. And I know that the old school hobbyists and collectors sometimes get frustrated with that because cards get more expensive and sometimes they're harder to obtain. But, um, you know, especially in my position, that is my job. So I will, I will speak in that regard. And Education is a big part of it. And so these stickers, what they really do is it's an educational process for people too. So if you watch enough auctions and you watch enough cards that have stickers on them and you look at the difference for cards that have them and don't, you can start understanding why the eye appeal really matters and what we're looking at and why we sticker cards. So education is a big deal, Dave, I think. Um, and hopefully you understand that even though you might not like them on your slabs. Well, I think there's a lot of people that really go after them and they do like them. And, and the other thing to this point point here where he says, maybe people can use their own two eyes. Well, that, that, that's like, that's like saying, well, maybe you can, you know, you can, you, you can diagnose your own disease, or maybe you can do that. Like there are people who are experts and people who are not, there's a lot of new people in our space right now who don't know what to look for, for eye appeal. Maybe they don't know what a strong five is. So to get that second opinion, it, they're outsourcing it. It makes a ton sure. of sense to me. And, and I think it does, uh, it just, it just takes some, I, this might sound bad, but I'll say it anyway. It takes some sophistication to get there, to really understand this. I, I obviously, because not everybody does, but I think this should be pretty obvious to savvy experienced uh, uh, collectors. Adam, you wanted to jump in. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, when I first saw these stickers and PWCC was the first one that I saw had done it, I kind of didn't get it. And so maybe, you know, this, this guy who's just posting, maybe I was kind of along the same lines. I didn't really understand it. The thing that's been really clear to me, though, as time has gone by, is that what you guys are saying about this differentiation within the same grade, it just, it is true. It really is true. And and the thing that's also really clear is that as, as collectors have gotten savvier and smarter over the course of the last couple of years during this hobby explosion, they pay more for cards that have a better eye appeal. Whether they have those stickers or not, they pay more for that. And especially when they do have the stickers, they, they, you know, they sell, they sell a lot better. So the hobby is getting smarter and it is, it, this is something that's here to stay. Even if some of us don't get it necessarily or don't like it, it this is an important thing that's happened over the course of the last couple of years. I, I just saw Dave's comment. Who believes PSA graders no squat about cards. It's actually pretty funny. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, look, it's just education and, and that's what, that's what we're trying to do is validate the PSA grade, let you know that we believe from what we have seen that, you know, the eye appeal of that card 
is some of the best that we've ever seen. And people, you know, it's shown if you look at the sales history that we have and the premiums that our stickered cards get, they can be massive. Um, so it's 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 a it's really a big deal to be honest. Definitely. Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna go into that a bit more here. I first want to say hi to my guy Joe Silver Jackify. Great to see you. Welcome to the show. Dave confirms he's a grumpy old man. I love it, Dave. Well, welcome to the show in any event. Boston says Dave Bolton must have gotten no bid. That's uh, pretty funny. Good evening, Kurt Renault. Glad to have you here. Chris says Dave got zero chill. Uh, Jeff Hart says PSA is king and, and it's not even close. Uh, Joe Silver Jackify says I absolutely pay way more, but the card and not the grade, especially with vintage. Buy the card, not the grade, especially with vintage. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Jake's Toe wants to know, does PWCC charge for the IAPL sticker? Uh, they do not. Is that correct, Jesse? Say that again. Do you charge for the IAPL sticker? No. So you can, if you put assets into our vault, uh, they automatically get, if they're 1986 or older, they will get looked at for an IAPL sticker. And then um, if they get sold via auction, they will get looked at before they get sold via auction. But we don't charge for that service. Good to know. Good to know. So let's do this for a second. We're going to bring back up the Jackie. So this is the PSA 5 and Joe Silver Jackify came in, said it was beautiful. So I'm going to put beside it my my personal copy of my PSA 6 just to show uh, what another copy can look like. So there you go. There's a there's a PSA 6. Color on that is amazing. You'll notice that it's, it's very off-centered left to right. Probably, mm-hmm. what would you say, 80-20 there? Yeah, probably 80-20. 80-20 left to right. So the centering on this is not good. The five here has better centering, but mm-hmm. look at the color. Look at the clarity of the image. Look yeah, at the. That's, I mean, if that's centered better, it's an eight. Just right. Flat out. It, that, that's that color and the print on that card is gorgeous. Gord, look at look at the depth of the black on on the name bar here. Yep. Like yeah. it's it's just stunning. So you know, and it's you know, Joe comes in and says this one's beautiful. It is every jack every every forty eight leaf Jackie is beautiful. <laughs> But to me, this this one, I wouldn't I wouldn't even want to. I just wouldn't buy it. I would wait for a. But to me, registration is is more important than centering. Centering very important too. And anyway, I was going to start telling you why and when I bought this particular card. But this card I bought at a card show. Someone brought it to my table, and I bought it because I hadn't even seen one in hand ever before. And uh, so I, I snagged it. And I've kept it ever since. I think I bought this in 2012 or 13. So Jeremy, here's the here's my question for you. This is you know something similar to what we were talking about earlier. If this Jackie that has the bad registration sells for fifty percent or sixty percent of one that has great registration that's in the same grade, what do you, what would you what would you say then? Because then it's then it's a conversation about how much you're saving on on the card. No, I don't want to save money on a card that I don't enjoy looking at. So I just wouldn't buy it. It wouldn't be, I'd rather, I'd buy a strong four in that case. I'd look for a strong four because I'm going to get that for cheaper than an average five and and maybe pay, I'd pay more for a strong four than I would for this five. I'll put it to you that way. I will always pay more. I'll pay more for a strong seven than a week eight. All day long, every day of the week. What I consider strong and I've got my 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 needs, my, yeah. my the, the thing, the criteria that I look for when I'm buying uh, vintage cards for my collection. So I, I love your perspective. And, uh, and I, I hope that, you know, I hope that the person who's out there who grabs the five and goes and goes, yeah, I got my five. I'm so glad that you guys ripped it apart. <laughs> I, I, um, 
I, I, I still, I, I just think it's important to recognize. Oh, and there it gets a bit. <laughs> Maybe Silver Jackify just threw a bit at it. Thing. <laughs> you guys, I'm buying that card anyway. That's amazing. I love it. Perfect yeah. timing. It's always funny when we're talking about a card and it shows up on the top ticker here of the PWCC. Oh, website. it really did get bid on. Look at that. That's a that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It got a cup. Was it was it at eighteen or fifteen before? Was it eighteen? Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's great. <laughs> that is. I, I love when I love when that happens. So we are we are seconds away, guys, from the one minute extended bidding window, which means that this whole auction is going to wind down soon. I'm gonna. I mean, we've had it go about from 15 minutes into the one minute to uh, uh to like 40 minutes in so we will see we will see what happens but uh we are we are this thing is winding down here let's go to a few more comments this is uh omar brings up just like you what you were asking me adam yeah. would, wouldn't you still says wouldn't you still want to buy a week 10 if that 10 is hard to come by or has a low population I mean, it depends why I'm buying it or collecting it, Omar, but no, I'd rather buy a strong nine. I mean, I don't want a weak 10 unless I'm not bothered by the element that makes it weak. But so right, we for, for me personally, a lot of these modern cards, like the, the difference between a nine and a 10 is so minuscule. It's, you know, a lot of times these prisms and all that stuff, it's a back corner that has a little white on it. And it doesn't take away from the eye appeal of the card, really. So for me... I wouldn't mind owning a nine, um, you know, but the vintage cards, the variance between a nine and 10 can be astronomical. I mean, if you look at the 52 tops mantle PSA nine that we sold uh, privately in January of last year, it's an absolutely drop dead gorgeous nine. Um, and I've seen every, there's six nines and I've seen five of the six. I don't know what the sixth one looks like, but it's not even remotely close. That nine is nicer than the other ones like hands down. And it's nicer than one of the tens I've seen. From an eye appeal perspective so and there's a good i know it's not nicer than another 10 there's the the 10 that marshall fogel owns out of denver colorado his 10 is unbelievable it looks fake almost it's so nice um but there the other 10 out there i'm not sure who owns it or what it looks like but the the eye appeal can vary so much in vintage yeah so much more than it can for modern cards uh and i think that's just a big factor and that's that's got to do with the technology that was available back then versus the technology that's available now, right? I mean, sure, things have just gotten that much tighter. Uh, here's a great comment uh, from LGC. This will be for you, Jesse. And hold on, I'm just going to try and change this so that we can see us while we are looking at the comments. Okay, now my face is cut off. That's okay. If education is part of the stickers, then shouldn't stickers be symmetrical? That is, they should include poor for the grade. The PSA 8.5 Gretzky from the last auction that Jeremy thought was offensive. So, <laughs> wait, I missed what happened last auction. There was a there was a PSA 8 Opichi Gretzky and a okay. PSA 8.5 Opichi Gretzky, and the 8.5 was not good. It was it it should it was either way overgraded or the eight was under. It was just a it was just not a not a nice 8.5 overall mm -hmm. and. Sure. There were things about it that I thought were just like, I wouldn't put this in my collection, even at like, well, sure, I would to flip it, but I wouldn't put it in my per my permanent collection for half the price. So what he's saying here, though, is that if you're going to give a a, a a high eye appeal designation, should you not give a low eye appeal designation? Now, I, I get it. Look, I, I get that the answer is actually pretty simple. We can only do so much. We're not grading the card, right? If we're doing that, we might as well grade the whole thing again. That's really what it comes down to. We can't go, we can't have 17 stickers that we give these cards 
you know, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We can't go with the whole the whole gambit. So we highlight the nicest ones that we see. And then, you know, that if it didn't get stickered, then we either think it was close or it's not. But it falls into the lower 70 percent. And this is a free service that we offered. So, you know, maybe if we charged for it, I don't know, maybe we could do that, but we can only do so much. Well, and the other thing is. It would, I mean, you still have to look out for your clients that are well, selling. It undermines cars. the auction process. It does. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the elephant in the room, right? Like this, that would undermine the auction process for a auction company. And so, you know, for a slew of reasons, we just, we'll never do that. Well, the, an but auction it's a fair, company, it's a, it is a fair point though. It is a fair point. It's a fair point, but an auction company's job is to, you guys are salesmen. It's to sell the cards for your consignment set for your consigning sellers. And nobody, you look at any auction in the history of auctions in the sports card world, because that's where I've put my eyeballs on all sorts of catalogs over the years. They never highlight uh, the the weaknesses of the cards. They highlight the strengths of the cards. Sure. Now, is that right or wrong? Leave it to you. But again, as someone said earlier, uh, use your own two eyes in some cases, right? So and right. if you're not qualified to, you might learn a lesson. You might pay to learn a lesson. There you go, uh, Adam. Ooh. Another bit on the championship the uh, PMG. That's Saw now that at three twenty-five out the door. Hey yo, hey yo. Well, Adam, before this started, what do you think the over/under was on that card? Tom, Jeremy, I know you guys did a sell like six months ago, same grade mm -hmm. for two hundred grand. Mm -hmm. And the, the Jordan market's done some really interesting things since then. And there's there's multiple people who are who are really stacking the the really these real like real grail cards. And so I was. I didn't have any idea. I knew 200 was going to get blown past, but yeah. it's cool to see it. It's definitely cool to see it at 270 plus the plus the BP. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through some uh, some comments here, guys. Uh, Jamie Flores just got here. We are not. I'm not bidding on anything. Adam, are you bidding on anything? Mm -hmm. I bid on like 10 different things, but I just I've been buying so much stuff. I got I got to say, there's a Mikan. I just want a really nice Mikan, and there is another really nice Mikan. It's a nice one. It is a nice oh, one. It's it's a nice yeah, same topic. person. It's tough to not. It's tough not to. But I, I just, it. You know, you got, you got to save sometimes, and that's where I'm. <laughs> at right now. Julian says, "Can I remind you what scanner I use for my photos? I use the uh, Epson, Perf the Epson Perfection V550, which I think there is a newer version." Rock Latex, thank you on the Jackie. Uh, Joe says, "Yeah, side by side with your Jackie Six, not as beautiful." Very good. Shane says, "Star cards." Are huge eye appeal cards, right? Because the centering is centering. off on them. Yep. I'm yep. actually, yep. I actually want if I if I ever pick up a Star 101 Jordan, which I'd like to, I want it to be off centered. That's actually important to me that it is off centered. I don't want a centered copy. I'd love like a BGS eight where the centering is a seven point five and everything else is a nine five. That's my perfect, my perfect Star 101. John mm -hmm. says, right on. Collectors care about look because, like you said, you enjoy looking at it. At the end of the day. I want to enjoy looking at my cards for sure, Joe, for sure. Dexflow says, Silver, great Saturday night smackdown. Jake's toe. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been searching for an 80 tops Henderson. Haven't found the right one that suits me yet. I love that. I love that Jake's toe hasn't found the right one that suits him yet. That's how I approach it. I'm There's a Willie Mays PSA 7 in this auction right now. It's beautiful, but it has one thing I don't like. It's got that line through the middle. Jesse, you know what I'm talking about. The 51 Bowman Maze. Many yep. of them have it. The card is, it's its a blazer. It's from Chris Sewell's blazer division. However, it's got the line, that a faint line through it, which means I'm just not going to add to my collection. 
Daniel Busby, can we see what the Brady Contenders is at? Sure thing, Daniel Busby. Let's scroll down. It is at still at 1-7. No bids since we've entered extended bidding tonight. So Yeah, and, and I, I didn't think that one – it might not move a whole lot, if any. Um, I mean, the one that sold privately recently for 2.3, that was 0.5 away from a 9. Um, so the subs aren't quite as good on this one. I honestly thought this was a really solid price in general for the card where it's sitting now. So if we get another bit, I'll be super, super happy for the for the consigner. But um, I, I believe it's actually at a good price right now because it's over two million with the juice. Right on. There you yeah. go. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a great card. Omar, you're welcome. Thanks for being here tonight. Dexflow, uh, just emailed PWCCs on that question. We're not going to have time for that right now. I apologize. Eric says I'm awake. Opichi Gretzky grading. Is a joke. I will. Die. <laughs> well, Eric and I, we we we've we've got we've we've battled on this. I say I say the rough cut is allowed. You don't need to penalize for it. He says, how can you not? So I know. Oh, I your, I personally, I absolutely love the rough cut. I love it. I I just love it. I think it looks amazing. It's a unique feature for the OPGs. Um, so when I see it and I see a beautiful fuzzy edge, I, I'd love it personally. Yeah, same here. Say, I, I do understand people's people's question as to why doesn't PSA penalize sure. the edges for that? And it's a legitimate question. It's a great question. All that said, I love it too, Jesse. I mean, I opened those packs as a kid. I love the rough cut on, on those cards, and they don't bother me whatsoever. So T. Jones loves them too. He says, can't stop bidding on Gretzky's. What's up with you, T. Basketball card guy John says, I can't believe what the Sports Illustrated for kids, Tiger and Kobe are going for. How do you grade edges on a perforated card? That's another big question. But I mean, listen, perforated were meant to be perforated, right? They were yeah, meant to be I, perforated. I don't know. I don't know how they do the grading on the perforated cards. To be frank, um, that's a that's a tough one. It's it's unique. I, I mean, how do you how do you? I'm, obviously, there's a standard for Beckett to do it and PSA to do it, but it's different than any normal card. I think because it was meant to be perforated, that when you perforate, you can either perforate and like rip a bit of those little perforations so that you don't have that consistent like um, jagged sort of, you know, up, down, up, down pattern. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you perforated it cleanly, that would be a clean edge, even though there's going to be fibers sticking out because it was, it was torn. So it's like you just, you have to change the standard or the benchmark for what is the top of the line on a perforated card. I I'm okay with it. I like those cards. And um, you know, it's just like a, not just like, but a similar discussion is on a box bottom that is hand cut. All box bottom cards are hand cut or cut with a guillotine, whatever tools the, the cutter used. And you know, is that now sheet cut or, or, you know, there's all sorts of nuances in our hobby that, that just make one standardization almost impossible. It's true. Uh, in many cases. So did you guys did you guys talk about or see the, the Sports Illustrated Kobe that we had up? You see that? No, so but that's actually a, that's a, a perforate just because we're on the topic of perforated edges. Um, it's a technically it's a 1997, but it's really a rookie because it came out during his rookie season. Um, so it's a pop one sports illustrated PSA 10 Kobe, and it's oversized, but in my opinion, the card's still really cheap if you look at what these sports illustrated cards are doing. And having it be a Kobe rookie pop one, uh, it's it's a pretty cool card. Well, let's take a look at it. Huh. Oh yeah, uh, it is cool. It's definitely unique. 
It's just one of those things that, you know, whoever wins it probably can get tucked away and we won't see another one for a long time. Well, and you mentioned it's a pop one, right? Correct. So, see, you have all the all these little clumps. If they're all if one of them was missing, I'd have an issue with it. Like this guy here is is looks like this this let that just come into focus here. Should. There we go. There you go. Like some of them are smaller than others. I'd like them all to be the same size. Like that one's a little flatter. This one's a little bigger. Man, you're but picky. as long as you know the edge <laughs> remains pretty tight. Hey, listen, this is look at the fibers coming look, that, off of these ones here. That was my point. I just I don't understand how they grade these perforated edges. I, I honestly don't. Um, I've been doing this for a while and I just I don't get the nuances of what what would dictate a nine from a ten outside of everything but edges and corners. You know, obviously the centering matters and the surface matters, but um, it's 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 a cool card though. I mean, being a pop one Kobe rookie and, you know, Sports Illustrated's with the Serena's going for over 100K. Those things are pretty hot right now. I wonder what's the, oh, we have a Tiger PSA 10 in here too. I wonder what that's sitting at. You do, you do. This one, why is it in such a big, why is it small? It's so, over, the, car, the card's oversized. oversized. The yeah. card's oversized. It's the actually oversized. Holder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which which does take away from desirability. For sure. Um a lot of oversized cards you know outside of I'd say like Abdul Jabbar's rookie and you know a few other cards, you know most oversized cards don't get the love. Like the Joe Namath were okay with like it, Namath. the Kareem. Yeah. Sure. They're definitely yep. there definitely are a few that fall outside of that. I, I agree with you for sure. So Tiger a look. Tiger looks like it's at about 36k but the difference is that's a pop 26 yeah so kobe's only being a pop one and being at what what was it at forty thousand or something with the juice uh, that to me i mean the sky's the limit for that card yeah this is the proper size i i, I don't know if you were here when or if you were watching earlier jesse i bought the psa 9 from the dr newman collection that went uh, that was oh, sold nice. back in september sure. i wanted i wanted you know i'm a i i I like provenance. I like to know where my cards have been. And uh, and I thought buying a card from his collection, I just thought that would be cool. And I wanted the Tiger, so I picked it up. And I'm very happy with it. Very cool card. Okay, we'll go back to the main page here. We are still, we are in the one minute. So, oh, there's Jackie got another bid since while we were away. Did someone bid on the Kobe bid on, while we were talking about it? <laughs> another bid on Kobe while there we're talking go. about it. Exactly. I love seeing that. Oh, that's funny. Funny cool. Trout got a bid. Nice. See, okay, so here's trout. here's an interesting one. So if this trout PSA 10, I mean, right now that puts it at about 330. Um, what's the what are the red? We haven't had a red cell in a while. They had a five. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what does that put? Because I think the last red cell was just under a million, around nine hundred something thousand. But if a gold out of 50, granted it's a PSA 10, you know, what does that put those reds at? More, I think. Well, well, but golds yeah. have so obviously much it's it's more than what it sold last time, but um the deltas on some of these, you know, from the orange, because there's an orange variation out of 25. So, you know, the oranges are usually double what the golds are, and then the the reds are a variable above the oranges, you know, 3x or 4x. So, I mean, that puts that red in the stratosphere, <laughs> to be honest. It could. I like look at this though uh, very quickly because uh, I don't like going to the 360. But look at the the look at that the color that you notice when you actually like move this card around. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's so much nicer than than the flat scan, the flat, right? Yeah. 
you just can't tell how, how well nice a lot of those it is. a lot of those refracting cards if you pull up the championship jordan the the 97 i bet you that card looks pretty sweet in 360 let's take a look let's take a look at that one then while that's loading, I'm gonna we're gonna scroll to the top, and I'm just gonna go to a couple of comments here. T Dot says, "Rough Cut is gangster, original and vintage." I love it. Simon says, "It's not a PWCC watch party until Jeremy examines a Gretzky OPG rookie," and Adam bemoans how he doesn't have a nice mic in. I love it. I love it. Jake's toe. I know my perforated tops basketball aren't worth as much had I left them untorn. That's true. That's again a unique a unique case. Birds on the bat said if those perforated edges bother Jeremy, he would throw up a watching me rip a sheet of paper out of a notebook. <laughs> I, per, I definitely would. Show your slabs now says they grade every little perforation. Interesting. Hmm. Latrell, welcome to the show. Eric says, How is this SI card different from Opeachy? You have different opinions of them, but they are the same. Nothing but love for you, though. It's okay. Eric, as I've told you a hundred times, Eric, you're entitled <laughs> to be wrong. It's okay. You're entitled to be wrong, my man. We're pals. It's all good. It's all in good fun. Skeppy, welcome, says they're looking for the clean perforation. What you don't want is any bends in their in the perforations, okay? Interesting. Good point. Lee Haskins, I think the grade factors also are different on the value of the card, which makes the grade and factors continue to skew. That's That's a it's a theory it's a theory i don't know the you know it's a theory we'll leave it at that goes on to say i think the higher the value of the card the registration and surface is most important because that's where those things are, are are the nuances are are more they are more important i think at that because there's there's fewer other things to to, to discern where they're going to fall more we pretty much pretty much all we know when we say more to the red uh trout Boston Authentic, can this clock stop? I want to win my card. Well, good luck to you, Boston Authentic, <laughs> on winning your card. Let's have a look now uh, at the at the PMG uh, Jordan in three. Oh, see, there you go. You oh, see it yeah, right. Baby. You look see it that. right there. Right oh. there. That's sexy. Like, look at look at those <laughs> things revolve around the center. Oh. You don't have to tell me twice, Jeremy. It's that <laughs> I, that Chicago backdrop on that card too. I mean, it's it's everything. That oh god, I love that card. So, so the, Jesse, let's ask you then. Which do you what do you prefer? What card do you like better aesthetically? This card or the PMG Red Michael Jordan from '97? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, the red is so iconic. Um, it's. And it really pops when you when you hold it. Oh, I don't know. I have a thing for the the design of the background of this card, and when you hold it in your hand, because I've been able to actually hold Adam's card in our vault, um, and I've held other examples of these. And they and and maybe it's also because I've held some PMG greens, um, and I've been spoiled by those because. I'm telling you, nothing compares to a PMG green in your hand. It's that the vibrance of that card is is wild. Um, but I would probably say I like the the championship more, just to be frank. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we're auctioning it right now. We've auctioned many reds before. Um, I'm just I, I love the design of this card and the way the light hits it. I know that you know Choice kind of ripped off it a little bit with their circles in the background and whatnot. Um, but I, I think those look amazing as well. So I just I really like the design and the way it looks when you hold that card in your hand versus just a really vibrant red. 
So there we have it, Adam. There's another vote for this copy over the red. I mean, you can't deny the beauty of this card. I've held this card in hand as well when I uh, ran into Adam at the National in 2019. And uh, back then I wasn't as informed as I am now, but I did notice the, the beauty of it. And uh, and I was also going to say, Jesse, how often do you go visit Adam's card in the PWCC vault? <laughs> Um, I, I probably pop down to the vault once a day for different reasons, but not necessarily to just go look at cards. Uh, there's usually a, a task at hand, but that is the beauty of, of what we've done is, you know, we have our own vault in our facility. My office is literally on top of it. So I can walk down the stairs and go into it during the day. Um, that's the difference between, you know, our vault and our competitors. I know, I know one thing about your vault that you've mentioned to me before, Jesse, is that there's like a section that's, really that's like extra like an extra vaulted section mm -hmm. you want to talk about that at all well we have a vault in our vault so um for cards that are over a certain threshold of value or you know other assets you know because we, we do have some high-end memorabilia video games comics those kind of things um they are in a separate vault within our class three you already vault so it's just just another layer of protection in our facility uh between the really 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 expensive stuff and the door is my Jordan in the really, really, it really is. expensive? Okay, it is, sweet. Yeah. It is sweet. <laughs> Where's my card? Where is my card? I love it. Okay, let's go back to the main page, see what's going on here. Luca and TRPA with the latest bid up to oh, 105. Nice. He's been on fire. Holy moly, that guy. Another bid on the on the Kobe that we were talking about. Mahomes. Okay. Mahomes still getting love, still getting love, which well, is great look, to see. Let's let's be real for the Mahomes. Maybe the Mahomes were too expensive out the gate um, before the season started this past year, but to see to see his cards not get the love that they should probably get over the last couple months has been disappointing. Um, people forget very quickly how good this guy is, and you know, going to back-to-back -back Super Bowls, winning one of them, you know, just I, 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 who was it? Somebody on TV didn't have him in their top five quarterbacks. One of these ESPN analysts. And I don't know how in the hell that's possible. I have no idea how that's possible. Of all time or, or this year or, or current? This year. Oh, Didn't have God. him in the top five. He's, he's Brady, top two. Brady, Rodgers, and then it's the young guys after that, right? I mean, he's got to be top two, three at the absolute worst. Bias. Bias. I guess. I guess. Let's talk about uh, the Jordan Noise Boys. The card scout Ooh. says uh, Noise Boys are sick in hand. My favorite insert. What's cool about the the Noise Boys inserts? Uh, and I don't know if the card scout knows this. I don't even know if you know this, Jesse. But you can take a Noise Boys in your hand, and you could literally take a finger on each the top edge and the bottom edge, and bend the card together, and it'll meet. You can you can bend it, you can fold it, and it'll pop back into into shape. Why does anyone know that? Why would they ever do that to a noise boys? <laughs> Gene McLeod, who designed the cars with her with Arena Design. Oh, back Gene in the did day, it. Show she. I had her on the show. Okay. Uh, okay. Back in, That's I fair. believe, that last year, and she showed us uh, with. Uh, she had one. She showed us how to. She showed us that you can do that. And okay. uh, yeah, there, if the, Gene did it, that's fine. I thought someone was like trying to ruin the card, it testing it out, testing its durability. Gene. <laughs> Jean did it okay. herself. She designed it. She chose the stock and she said, yeah. And when she showed up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. And uh, it was pretty awesome. So there's a bit of a bit of uh, 
uh, trivia there for the card scout and everybody else on noise boys inserts. Well, uh, and one thing real quick on inserts and die cuts, they do not get enough love. Die cuts don't get enough love. People don't realize how much more difficult it is to have a die cut in high grade because there's so many extra shapes and corners and weird nuances to the cards. And I think die cuts should actually go for a premium. They don't seem to these days unless it's a rare 90s insert. But um, when you have a variation of even these more modern cards that are die cut, they seem to go for less than the full the full version, which doesn't make any sense to me. You know, speaking of die cuts, to, to show sort of the depth of this auction, Jeremy, there's a jambalaya in this auction, an MJ jambalaya, and we haven't even talked about it. That's right. We haven't <laughs> seen it come across the top either. Has it received a bid yet? In, oh, it, in, in, in extended. It has, yeah. And it's just that we were we were looking away. Uh, it was when we were talking about something else. Well, let's go. Let's let's bring that up because um, I think we both have a we both have a vested interest. We both have a copy of this card, and uh, no, it's was it sixty at the beginning, I believe. I thought it was at fifty. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's my mistake. It might have been. In any event, um, this is a BGS nine. 60,000. I, I do I do love this card. Um, I have a 9.5. I love it. This has eight edges, which is, you know, if you're buying a Jambalaya and the worst the worst grade is the edges, the worst sub <clears throat> subgrade is the edges, I'm okay with that. You kind of expect it a little bit. It's just so common. It's but on the back. It's on the back. On and this it's one. on the back. That's It's yeah. also always, that, pretty much always on the doesn't back. That feel, doesn't that feel a pretty strong price for that card? In a it BGS does. Nine? It is. So yeah. let me talk about this one real quick, Jeremy. This this card is is one that, that if you look at the front of it, is just money. But if you look at that back bottom edge, you go, oh, I see why it got the eight subgrade. And so, you know, this is like, this is a this is an interesting, I know you guys don't do either oh, on a card from 97, but like the front of the card is just fantastic. It's got the right grade though, because of that chipping on the bottom. It's just, you know, you're not going to, you're paying less than half of what a, what a, um, you know what a nine five is going to go for though. And that might be a great deal for somebody. Well, this is a copy to buy be, for the sure. money. And the reason I say it is because the damage is on the back, which is where yeah. you look, you look the least and it's sure. on the edges, which you know, jambalayas are going to have edging issues. So, I mean, instead of spending double this on a nine five, this is a pretty nice compromise. I would say for somebody who wants a jambalaya um, and, you know, is okay with that bottom edge damage. Otherwise, the centering is fine. The, the surface is as good as it's probably going to get. There are no corners, so they default to zero, or sorry, to 10. Uh, but I just love the image Cent of him. The centering actually looks off the card. Oh, is it just a little off top to bottom? Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah, what it is? is. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking on your feed through my computer, so it's kind of hard to tell. But um... colors, colors spot on, though. And we've seen sure. some others that have been auctioned where the, the color is not. The color is right on this. Like it fades I'm noticing a little bit. centering. Sorry, I'm noticing centering this way too, a little bit thicker up here to to down in the corner here. So almost uh, a, a bit of a shift down into the left, I would say. But a good call out, Adam, to take another look at that. Anything we're still at one seven on this card, three hundred on the Kobe. Oh, so trout so haven't have the moved. Three ten. That means it's about three seventy with uh, with the BP. Yeah, good number. Three seventy two. I think it is. That's a great number for that card. The Good card number. that's surprising me right now, perhaps for where it is as far as these top cards, is the duel that we talked about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm at 220. That that feels like a pretty good deal. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that um, when we got this card, I thought the over under would be roughly about three and a quarter. Uh, I thought that's kind of where we finished. There was the the example that sold in Heritage in April for just over 500k, um, but that was kind of during the peak of last year. Yes. Um, it had a 10 auto. It was eight five with a 10 auto, I believe. And the 10 auto is a that's a big deal on this card. Um, so you know, it's it's possible that this so it would be like 265 right now, basically. Uh, that's a little bit below where I thought it would end. Uh, so we'll see if it gets a bid here in the you know the next however long 15 20 minutes this auction runs and um you know hopefully for the consigner it does that well let's see what's going on up here the, oh, look the at that. taking off what, what do you want to talk about next jesse yeah i guess right that wasn't my intention i just thought it was a cool card um you, know, you just you just highlighted something really interesting though jesse and that is that as you talked about this card it it did bring it to life a little bit like i looked at it and i went i don't even know what that is i didn't even think about it sure. but then then when you mentioned SI, I thought of all the other SIs. You think about how plentiful they are compared to this one. It's relatively unknown, and it's a pop one. And suddenly you let go. Oh, geez, this is this is pretty cool, actually. You know, and yeah. so that's why the storytelling around cards is just so important. And you can bet that there's going to be people who have the card raw that now we're going to look back and go, "Oh, I want to try to make this a pop two card." Yeah, and hey, shout out to what you do with your magazine that does a lot of storytelling because that is, it is super important. And speaking of storytelling, another really cool piece that just got bid on is that three card exquisite set. Yes. That card, that set should be worth over hundred K coming in the box like that. All of them getting nine sub or nine grades is actually really, really difficult. And the one on the right that has the, the black with the red stripe through it, that's really hard to get in any two color. Most of them are just black. So getting, getting a second color in that card is actually really difficult. Um, but that's a really, that exquisite set is really cool. The patch auto is gorgeous. I know. Yeah. It, it, they're so, they're so sweet. I, I love that just with how important exquisite is and being able to buy a box like that and get, you know, a three card set, having all of them come back in good condition and nines. It's a really, really cool piece. And the fact that the box itself is autographed and hand numbered. Yeah, that is that is very very cool. Yeah, I I really hope that thing takes off more to be straight with you because that thing it should be worth more. <laughs> look look how young Tiger looks back in 1996. Hey, like just just a baby. It's barely older than than his son now. Just nuts, just <laughs> nuts. Okay, couple more comments here. Uh, Charles wants to know: Are you, are you guys PWCC? Will you be able to take cards at Culture Collision this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're accepting vault submissions, auction submissions, premiere submissions, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, we are 100% able to take anything you've got. Good stuff. D-Nick says, Mahomes is good, but realistically, he may never win another Super Bowl. That's definitely realistic. Omar says, PWCC I appeal is so critical since you don't have the card in front of you. Doesn't matter how great the photos or the 360 view is. You can't tell what's in or on the case. And what's not like scratches. So good point by uh, Omar. Jake's toast says, can you drop off and pick up your cards in person at PWCC? Yep. You just got to reach out. If you don't have a sales rep, reach out to our uh, customer service team and they can put you in touch with one of us, but we can schedule a in-person drop off for sure. There you go. Thank you for that. I'll just, I'll just say too, for anybody who's going to submit, you know, a, a, a good part of their collection or a high end piece, uh, I was, I, Jesse hated me because for a couple of people, you know, he's going to, he's 
gonna laugh about this. For a couple of weeks, I asked Jesse like questions every day, like how do you do this? How do you do that? I was so annoying when when I sent my collection in. When you put together a box that has, you know, a huge amount of my net worth was in this box, and I, I just wanted to be really, really, you know, safe and thorough. Yeah, thorough. I did, and so yeah, I was thorough, thorough and I asked. Jesse I get it. I get it. Yeah, that you guys made it as easy as you possibly could have for me and. And, you know, to add one other comment to this, the the poster, Omar, who just said, you know, you need to be able to see what what other people think when they look at the card. I actually I when you when you see the 3D images of the cards on, on your vault, in some ways, I'm not I'm not just being a sales guy here for you guys. You know, I'm not getting paid to be here or whatever. Like you can see the cards so well, you can even see them better than you kind of can in in hand. Like with how, how high, you know, how, how close you can get to the cards. So I still, I look at my vault every day and I blow up my cards real big and look at all the details of them. So, um, you know, I, I would recommend it to anybody who, who's looking for a way to, to vault their cards. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the imaging is, is excellent. The, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what more we need to say. It's uh, it's definitely um, an advantage you guys have with uh, just the quality of images, even going through your vault and looking at the cards you have in them. Another bit on the Tiger Woods SI for oh, yeah. kids, the 36,000. That could be so true. It's the SI for kids auction, Jeremy. Who knew? Yeah, well, for the last half oh, hour. We're 32 minutes already into the one minute, uh, the one minute extended window. So, but as always happens when we do these shows, Adam and Jesse as well, is that all of a sudden we notice the clock gets down to the final five seconds and we kind of hold our breath and see if it's over. Hey, Jeremy, Uh, Jeremy, real quick. Sorry to jump in. The jaw is my, this is one that I was bidding on a little bit. That's one of the coolest cards in the auction to me. Not because... I actually don't like these wearing the white jersey. That's kind of that's not my favorite with Memphis. But Jaw is on fire, and this is this is the um, this is the rookie numbers parallel. The one that's numbered to his jersey number. It's got the great you know the great hollow foil, the acetate finish. Most people call this the acetate. So like you know you think about what an NT would sell for right now. I'm just gonna be really real. I would take this card over an NT to 99, and people would say, oh, it's not as cool or whatever. The acetates, the acetate rookies go all the way back to the first year of Immaculate. And they're some of the nicest cards that Panini's ever made. And his jersey's number 12, right? So it's a really rare card, too. It's got everything, everything going for it. I just, I love that card. Well, Adam, I'm with you. I would take this over the NT. I think this is a nicer card than the NT. I don't mind a smaller patch. I don't need the huge patch. This is a very... Nice patch. It works into works into the aesthetic, and you pointed out the hollow foil. I bet we'll see it much better on the 360. And so let's just have a quick look at let this thing load. And yeah, like I, I love I love the cool hollow foil. I love, love the acetate card. finish. What Beautiful. I love about immaculate too is his game used. Oh, I mean, that's a big deal. Huge deal. Seventeen five for that card compared to what you would pay for another high end jaw. I, there's times where I just sit back and go. Maybe I'm crazy, but that just doesn't make sense to me. And well, I, there's look, let's be real. There's there's some old school things and some there's some things that just don't make sense logically. Um, and I think we can. I don't want to. I don't want to call anyone out, so I don't want to point to them right now on the show. Um, but I don't understand some of the logic that goes into buying and investing in certain things for certain reasons. Um, they should be obvious, but I guess they're not. And so I'll kind of leave it vague at that. But 
Yeah, there's some weird nuances in this industry that don't make a ton of sense to me why things go for more money than other things. And I think it should be flip-flop. But what do I know, I'm, right? I'm with you. I'm with you when it comes to something like that. Uh, you have game used and you have a lower print run and you have a nicer card to these eyes at least. Why? What would his what would his NTRPA be selling for right now? Like hundreds of thousands or 80,000? I don't know. What What is I it? I don't know either. I just, yeah. In a nine? It's it's probably over hundred k in a nine right now. I buy I buy this it's all day NT. long and take yeah. take that other money and buy that jambalaya or something else or a I'm gonna a go or... I'm gonna go bid on the jaw right now. <laughs> do it, do it. I'm Let's serious. see. Yeah. Are did you... you bid on it? Did you qualify to bid on it? I did. Yeah, because I noticed it when I went through the first time. I was like, that's all right, guys. Sweet. We're about to see the jaw settle in up here at the top of the ticker again. <laughs> While we're waiting for that, I'm gonna go to a couple comments. Dexflow says PSA 8 SI for kids Tiger is the last card I bought. Also passed by his Cypress childhood home yesterday. Very neat uh, Dexflow. Ramsey says just hopping on any high Marvel sales. There are at least two nice Marvel PMG Spider-Man hey, cards in the auction. We, we hit the end. It's over. I didn't get a chance to put in my bid. It, is Wait, no, it was delayed. It was delayed. It was delayed. It's on. It's oh, still on. It was delayed. Probably because of you. <laughs> Get that bid in, Adam. Get that bid in. I'm getting it in right now. Instead, it's the it's the war of the SI for kids here at the end of the auction. Yeah, I oh, guess. and Pele. Another perforated card, the Pele. There's the trout. Yep. Joe says, Groundhog Day is me on Saturday night looking for rough-edged Opeachy Gretzky rookies. There you go, Joe. And Adam's bid is in. Adam's hope, bid is in. I hope I win. I'm sitting here looking at the card going like, like if this was, let's put it this way, okay? So the Giannis of this same thing, the same card of Giannis is is huge. It's like an $80,000 card at this point, right? Or a $100,000 card. And Giannis has a much higher jersey number. Like jaw is to 12. It's a really significant, cool, important card. So yep. Here I am hyping up a card that I hope I win, which is one of the real interesting dichotomies of like doing the show. But like, I have to be real. Like, I think it's an awesome card. And so well, Adam, a trout battle going on. Adam, I don't know if you noticed, but on the jaw, the lowest grade is the centering, which is really, I'm looking at the card. It's not centering is not as important on this to me because it's, you don't have any uniform borders except top to bottom, I guess, but right to left. You don't really have anything to to assess it against on the left-hand side. Maybe the very bottom point of his name bar, but other than that, I that's a great card, man. As far as I'm concerned, I I, I hope you win it, man. Good luck. Hope, that, that's a beauty. I hope anyway. I do too. I'll have to sell some other stuff, obviously, to get it. But what I would do, I'm just, just being real. Your guys' monthly auction has been doing a lot better, right? It's yeah. Like, it's, oh, for it's, sure. It's, it's well, better. hey, it's not, it's not monthly. It's, it's me, weekly. Weekly. It's weekly now. Yeah. yeah, it's weekly now. So, yeah. like, I would just send a couple of cards to to the weekly and and get that paid for. But if that goes to eighteen plus buyers premium, I'll be I'll be thrilled. CC wants to know, Jesse, when will PWCC attend the Sport Card Expo in Toronto? When's the next one, Jeremy? You should June second to fifth. June second to fifth. How big is it? How many tables are at that show? It's the second biggest show in the world behind the national. I don't know the number of tables, but it's like 250,000 square feet, I think. It's huge. June? June. 
It's usually in May, but because of, you know, issues, they had to push back other things. They, the, the facility pushed them back a month. Well, CC, my email is jesse.craig at pwccmarketplace.com. Send me info on the show. I want to be there in June. We're, we're making a concerned effort as a company to go to a lot more trade shows this year. Like we'll be at Culture Collision next weekend. Um, we're going to be at the Dallas show the following weekend. We're going to be at the Mint in March. We're probably going to go to the Union uh, in, in April. We're making it an effort as a team to go to a lot more trade shows. So I'd love to be there in June. Uh, just send me more info on it. Well, Jesse, I'll send you info. I'm I'm uh, pretty connected with the the promoter Perfect. of the show, Perfect. and um, I'd love to hook you up with Steve Menzi, who runs it. And uh, just as an FYI, I'll throw it up on the ticker right now. He has now expanded out out west in Canada to Edmonton. So the Edmonton Expo, same show, same promoter. For the first time, will be April fifteenth to seventeenth. I will be there. I will also be in Toronto, June second to fifth, for the expo, which has been going on since as long you know since the early nineties, as long as the national has. So uh, it, it's a huge show, Jesse. April, so you think the Edmonton one in April is going to be big too? I mean, it's going to be. It won't be as big as the one in Toronto, but well, sure. it'll be. It'll be. It'll be big. Okay. It'll be. It's also a good show. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, say, I, I say I it's shows. a good show. I love shows being in an area for the first time. Like I, I love that because I feel like there's a lot of pent up demand for, for those locations. So in Edmonton, I mean, that's gotta be only what a four hour flight from Oregon. Can't be that oh, far. Not even yeah, not three even. hours. Maybe that's, that can't be that bad. It's not maybe, maybe two and a half sort of thing. Uh, okay. Okay. It, it's, it's not bad at all. I, you know, and there used to be, there was a show there previously called the summit. Um, but the summit show has just, the, the promoter is, just taken time off due to COVID. And now Steve from the expo has kind of said, well, I'm going to go do a show there at the same facility. It's a, it's an excellent facility as well. So um, I'll send you, I'll send you some information. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Definitely worthwhile. Adam, are you putting in more bids? Yes. I'm having a bidding war while you guys are talking about an expo. That I don't <laughs> and right, this trout and Jesse, this trout, what is going on? That's yeah, look, PSA tens in those Bowman. Those are tough. That's a very surface. And centering condition card, um, a card blow. That's so you know. I talked about earlier. Sometimes in auctions, there's cards that I say, ah, you know, that didn't do as well as I thought it would. And there's cards that go, wow, that did a lot more than I thought it would. And that trout is doing much more than I thought it would. But um, you just never know these days. Yeah, and a gold, as we've talked about every every show, yeah, gold is gold. just it's it's the age of gold right now. And it is. You it know really what is, is what is the red number two? Did you say it's number to five. Yeah, the red's out of five. Yeah, yeah. I I know that you know rarity is rarity matters most. But rarity wins. That's something I say all mm -hmm. the time. But but gold is, and I know gold's not worth as much as the red. Like it's just people love that. You know they do. They really do. Rock Rock Latex is wishing you good luck, Adam, on the jaw. And uh, Ramsey here says I've been stacking the Marvel PMG for about a year. This is a great auction. I was always buying before. I need to get back on. The, on you PWCC tip. I'm not sure I, what, what you meant by that, Ramsey, but uh, I think it's it, it's good stuff there. Luke L says, it looks like I'm going to win the MJ57 Fleer, number 57, the 86 Fleer. I know there are a few flaws, but it will at the end of the day, it's a 10 considering the buy a monster steal. Well, let's take a quick, a quick look. I do have it up here, I believe. There it is. It's a 200, so it's a 240 as we say out the door. And Ram, uh, this is, sorry, who is buying this card? Luke goes on to say that there's a few flaws. I want to look at it. I mean, it looks, I'm going very quickly here. 
edges, corners. I mean, that doesn't bother me at all. A few extra fibers coming off. I wouldn't penalize it for that. Edges and corners look good. Okay. Imperfection, but nothing serious right there. This looks like a pretty nice copy from what I can see. Zoom out and look at the centering. Okay, so it's off center left to right. Top to bottom looks pretty good. Left to right within that 45-55 boundary though. So I, I consider it a massive steal too. I mean, it's a very nice copy. Let's compare it now though to the SGC 10, which is at 160. So you're getting 20% off to buy the SGC 10. And this copy, I'm, I'm kind of looking at both edges as I come down. I see no imperfections on the edges, nor the corners at this at this magnification. I have to say at this magnification. Oh, that card looks really nice. Yeah, I see no issues at all on the edges. I a mean, little uh, tiny edging up top on if you zoom a little bit more to the left. A speck of white right there on the corner. A little, at this a level, little... though, at this level, you're gonna see stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna see something gorgeous. for sure. On a, a 1986 card, yeah, you're gonna see something for sure. Doesn't doesn't bother me though. A slight registration issue right here with the red coming over top of the yellow, just a little bit. Down on the but, bottom too, Jeremy. The overlapping yellow is that is that something that we norm on the left? Scroll the well, left. Well, I'm I, I'm looking right here. This yellow thin yellow line between the black and the red. I mean, yeah. Go to the left though. Keep going. Ah, here. Yeah, that's a that that to me is 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 an issue. I I don't love that, uh, but but it's not like a deal killer either. It's it's and it's not that major. This I don't know if there's anything going on down here. I don't think so. It looks like extra fibers on the bottom because the red seems to go all the way. But this right here, let's just have a look at the opposite corner and see if you have the same, so you do, you can see red here between the black and the yellow. So I didn't notice it at first on the red, um, but you have a bit of the yellow coming under the black line here on the, on the premier, on the FLIR logo, <clears throat> you know, a slight registration issue. Um, but I don't know, I mean, would this be a PSA 10? Maybe, maybe not. I, I'm not sure. It's so nice around everything else though. I mean, we're the, 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 the great and, terrible thing about the about the zoom capabilities is like you're gonna find something you know you're gonna find stuff but this card edges and corners and centering and stuff is just it's well, nice and at this magnification you can't even see those issues which right. is what again it comes down to like i appeal versus technical grade so listen i'm not trying to defend nor beat up this card um it, it's nice definitely nice overall the, the overall condition is is probably gem mint uh, worthy. Um, and I say probably because I don't, I'm not a professional grader, but all that said for a 20% discount over the PSA, which I think has worse centering, but has the more highly desired slab. Um, you know, you might want to buy value, like save some money and buy this particular copy. We also have a BGS nine five, which, you know, it's I've a min gem. Yeah. It's, it's a, a min, min gem. gem. So those go for roughly 50 all in um but you know you're looking at someone's going to get a discount on a psa 10 jordan because the eye appeal is not that great that's what it is you know they've been going on average for about 280 
Um, the lesser copies have been going lower and then the better copies have been going into the low to mid threes. So I think you're kind of seeing that reflected or eight. Yeah. Well, that, that copy was an absolute unicorn. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's true. The, that, that is a pure validation of eye appeal. If that Jordan doesn't move. Definitely agree. Peter Chan says if PWCC visits Toronto Expo in June, would they be able to take submissions to auctions and or vault as they would at other shows? So we should be able to. Um, our, the company that helps us with a lot of our international shipments, uh, we've got Canada pretty dialed in. So I don't think it'll be an issue for us to take stuff back from Canada to uh, to Oregon. I think we should be good. There you go. Ramsey says the SGC almost looks more crisp than the PSA. I mean, fair comment for sure. Ramsey says top right on both a tiny bit, maybe a tiny bit of a of touch on the corner. I think I noticed that too. Skeppy says PSA gem centering is actually 60-40. Okay. Thank you, Skeppy. Shane says, why is trout so valuable? <laughs> well, a lot of people consider him. I mean, Look, baseball is a different sport where you don't have to win the World Series to be considered one of the greatest of all time. It definitely helps the argument in your resume, but it's such a difficult sport. It takes every player on the field to win a baseball game, whereas like a sport like basketball, one player can dominate the game more than any other sport, in my opinion, uh, from a team sport perspective. So I think that's why, you know, Trout gets you know, leeway from a value perspective, even though he hasn't really been in the playoffs much is because his team hasn't been any good. He's been incredible and his numbers speak for it. All these advanced statistics and all these things, you know, they show that he's going to go down as one of the top two or three greatest baseball players of all time. If you look at statistics and even more, if he would have stayed healthy. So I think that that's, that's why Trout is worth so much money. If he ever wins a world series, his stuff is going to still, I mean, it's going to skyrocket in my opinion. Well, and a couple of other people jumped in. Carl Daly says, because Trout is considered the best player in baseball by many. And Chris Muir says, Trout is good at baseball. Well, he better be he better be better than good. You know, he better be great. But I think that's what, what you're trying to say, Chris Muir. And thank you for joining the show. Watch that timer. Oh, nine Looks seconds. This, this could be it. This could be it. Let's watch it. Four, three, two. One and let's Wait see if it update. update. Wait for the update. Everybody, quiet silence. Watch the jaws gonna get <laughs> jaws gonna come back and take over for uh, Pele. That's no, it. that jaws that's mine. It. That's it, boys. It's over. It is over. Awesome. Well done. We'll take the we'll take the white screen off. We'll we'll put it back here. And what I like about also what I like about the PWCC platform is that now that it's over, all the prices shown are with the buyer's premium built in. So we know exactly what these cards sold for. Yep. So let's take a minute and let's run through the the first couple pages and look at the prices. So 2.04 million on the championship ticket Tom Brady BGS 8.5. 528,000 on the Trout Gold, 360 on the Kobe Bryant 03 Limited Logos. That did not get any bids in extended bidding. The Championship Heart, or sorry, the Championship PMG Jordan out of 50 does $324,000. That had some action in extended here. 
Next up is the flawless Luca. Wow, that did really well. Out of 10. The double, the dual auto jersey, Jordan and and LeBron, uh, Jordan and Kobe does 265. The Charizard PSA 10 does 240. It looks to be a little bit off centered, left to right, perhaps. It's not it's not a great a great copy by any means. So I think that affected. I think the last one sold for around two eighty. Um, so that's okay. probably probably why it fell a little flat. Okay, good, good. Two forty on the Jordan, and congratulations to the uh, the the chat participant who won the card. I'm sorry, was it was uh, can't remember. I my apologies. Too many names going through. Uh, the <laughs> Mickey Mantle. This was one of my favorite cards in the auction. The SGC seven fifty two tops does two forty. I love that card, and I don't know what a PSA seven goes for, guys. But I'm guessing that this was this was a value buy. I have to think. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a seven goes for, Jesse? Around three, give or take on quality. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And a nice one will go for four. A crummy one, maybe two fifty. So this looks like a nice seven to me. So if this, you know, it I it have... was like a it was a whisker. I know that card specifically. It was a whisker away from an A, a PWCC A sticker. It was. It's a pretty nice copy. It's a very nice, very nice copy for sure. We have a Brady Prism Black Finite, one of one. This is a fort, a 16th year card, does $240,000. Josh Allen does two twenty eight. dollars Rookie Prism Gold. Brady Bowman Chrome Refractor SGC 10 does $216,000. Kobe Chrome Refractor BGS 10 in at two sixteen. dollars The SGC Jordan does one ninety two. dollars So one ninety two dollars down there. 240 up here so you save 50 grand by going for the sgc which is better centered so interesting the the Giannis ntrpa out of 25 does 180 jeter sgc 10 does 168 now a psa 10 i mean we've had we've had estimates of over half a million on a psa 10 i don't know what the last one sold for but how jesse your thoughts on the value was this a value buy for the buyer i think so that card's impossible. Um, you know, SGC 10s, PSA 10s. I know, you know, PSA's brand is much bigger than SGC, but I think that's that's a good buy at 168 for an SGC 10. You just don't see those very often. I think the pop, the pop, what was the pop on it? Did it say? Four? Four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's low on the PSA 10 too, right? Uh, Bowman yep. Chrome Refractor PSA 9 Brady does 168. So... Uh oh, we lost Jeremy. Frozen. That? You're frozen in time for a second. We oh. lost you for just a sec. Do you have me back? You're back. You're okay, back. great. So we have the SGC 10 Bowman Chrome Brady at 216, and we have the PSA 9 at 168. Interesting uh, comparison there. Another Luca 162. We got the Shohei Otani out of 25 at 156, the orange refractor, Joe Burrow. 156 for the NTRPA out of 99 BGS 95. I like that patch too, actually. Little has has some character to it. Charizard with the Mike Baker sticker, SGC 10 does 156. Adam's favorite LeBron does 144. Nice to see a cocky card on page one here, guys. <laughs> Connor McDavid, exquisite RPA. B, uh, PSA 1010 does 144. And Aluka NTRPA does 144. That's the first page. We'll scroll a little bit faster down the second page. Then we'll go to some comments again. Let's have a quick look at page two. We'll go to comments while it's loading, actually. T-Dot hey, boys, I, I got to run. I got to, oh. my, my kids have still been, they're still hanging around. I got to put them to bed. So 
it's it's only 9:30 here my time. All right. Well, thanks for joining, Jesse. Appreciate your welcome. insights and uh answering the questions from the chat tonight. So thanks again, and uh we'll be in touch. All right, guys, you got it. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. Take care. All right, bye bye. T dot likes the mantle, and then it was noted here, and I should have known this because I covered it. Some oh, right here, right at Ramsey says collectible offered a PSA seven mantle for 300. So Yes, I should have known. I, 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 as I mentioned, I actually covered that uh, on Collectible Live. Richard Zangrillo says, "How does the Brady rookie refractor do worse than a 16th year one of one?" It, I mean, it's a good question. Like, one of one, like one of ones. We talked about this, right? Like, there's you're you're gonna get lots of chances at that Brady refractor, and it it's iconic. You get one shot at the one of one. That's what people like. Some people, some people. Not everybody. Some people love that. People want the one-on-ones. I guess that's what it comes down to. Jake's Toe says, I know it's pretty much impossible to attain, but how does PWCC protect from shill bidding? Well, we lost Jesse, but uh, go to their website, Jake. They talk about it. They have two firms that actually audit their software. And um, that's all I can say. I'm not, I, I don't know any, any more than that. Beavis says, wow, all these great cards. Does PWCC actually mail them out? Or do they hand carry and fly them to your house? Very good question. Beavis. June says that Kobe limited logos is spot on. The patch was fairly plain and the auto runs off the card. The last nine that went for 290 had an amazing patch and perfect auto. Patches everything with limited logos. Yeah, limited logos are, are all about the patches for sure, for sure. Carl says Connor McDavid is a very dangerous investment. He's likely hit his peak. I don't know about that, Carl. I, I gotta, I gotta firmly disagree with that. Simply because I think he's just hit his prime, and I think that he's gonna potentially be able to win Stanley Cups, and that's when we'll see his peak. So I don't think he's hit his peak yet. Skeppy says PWCC has many legitimate systems in place to prevent bid manipulation. Far more effort than the other guys. Far more. Spurs fan says, question for you guys: Does team color slash jersey numbered cards still matter? if they change teams and they change or Jersey numbers, that's a fun question. Adam, why don't you take that one? I think it does. Um, I think that, you know, I think that the big thing is, is it the same number as, as the player is wearing on the card? Um, Kobe's one that I think about a lot because he changed numbers in the middle of his career for the same team. So I have a card that's 24 of 100 back when he was wearing eight. Still think it's probably cooler than the average number, but it's certainly not a Jersey numbered card. It's special in some some way, but um, but I'd rather have it be eight out of a hundred. So yeah, for me, I do like a jersey numbered card. I also like a one of ninety nine or a one of twenty five or a hundred of a hundred or a ninety nine and ninety nine. I even like like I'll go as far. You guys, you guys in the chat, some of you will laugh at me, and that's okay. But I even like a card that might be numbered out of ninety nine of a player who wears jersey number. I don't know, maybe they wear number 97, but the card is numbered 87 of 99. So it's like, you know, Sidney Crosby's jersey number on somebody else's card. Like that's how that, but I notice these things. I know, I notice, you know, a, a, a tw like take tw even a Gretzky card number 23 of 99. It has Jordan's jersey number on it. I like that. I think it's cool. Am I going to, am I going to pay a premium for it? maybe a very small one if I already wanted the card, like a small, like a two to 5% type of thing, but I do enjoy that. And then as far as team colors go, the whole thing about color matching to me 
to me is a very new concept in the hobby, or at least it's something new where we've, where we've like defined it, put it in a bit of a box and, and named it. Um, where in the past it was just a, a matter of, of aesthetics and overall eye appeal. So, um, but yes, I think it is important. I think the hobby thinks it's important. And again, we want to, we want to enjoy looking at our cards. At least I want to enjoy looking at my cards. I know a bunch of you do too. So the more I appeal, the, the better it looks, the better the color scheme works, the better the overall design. Um, yeah, I think it's important. And I think people are paying premiums for those things. And it's evident when it comes to prism parallels, color matches sell for more than lower numbered, uh, lower numbered print runs of other parallels. Anything, anything else, Adam? No, I think, I think you're spot on. Ramsey says, Connor, he's not at his peak quite yet. And if he is, he's going to hold on strong for a couple years at least. I mean, look at look at Sidney Crosby. He's 10 years older. And Alexander Ovechkin is 11 years older than Connor McDavid. And both these guys are still playing at a very high level. So uh, behind the tanks is, I think you're the only one on this strange numbers perspective. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Beavis says, numbered cards for Marvel, the first card, one of 10. I think they call it the alpha and is a big deal. I like that. I, 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 I can understand that. Highlander says McDavid is just entering his prime, not even close to peaking. will probably go down as the third best player in NHL history. I will not disagree. I agree. I think Connor McDavid will go down as one of the best players ever as far as his skills. Now he just needs, he needs a championship in order to solidify his place overall. And I, I think he will get one. I do think he will get one eventually. Jake's Toe says, Griffey to me is always a Mariner. I have very few of his reds. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake, on Griffey. I collect his cards, but only in Mariner's jerseys, similar to Jordan and Bulls uh, and Jeremy Roenick in Chicago, to throw one out there as well. Ramsey says, I think anything under out of 25 should be a variation photo. That's a, that, that You can't say should be, but you can say you'd prefer that. I think it's just a preference. And but it's just it kind of kind of an arbitrary uh, thing to say or thing to want. And the card companies, every additional photo they use costs them money, goes into the budget and changes the, the structure of a set. So it's probably just something we you got. You got to just deal with. Beavis says I sold digital garbage pale kids and people would pay extra for the earliest mint numbers. Makes mm -hmm. sense to me. Ramsey says hockey is hardcore. Those guys are ridiculous. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Sidney Crosby's best season in points was age 19. Lapper says McDavid is fairly far from a dangerous investment. I agree. Lots of stuff. The, the card scout says Crosby's head injuries hurt him. Of course, he's going to be hurt by that. But at the same time, he still had a fine career and will go down as a top five all-time player. Albert says he's going to be on the second Mount Rushmore. That's right, Albert. That's right. Yes, CC Adam did win the jaw. <laughs> I was actually just uh, looking at it in 3D right now, just just sort of uh, admiring it. I'm hyped, man. It's rare that I'm like. Okay, so let me just say real quick, like I, I know it looked like I just like spontaneously said I'm going to go win a twenty five thousand dollar card, right? Like, and I get that that's like. That's funny, right? Because to go spend that much money on a card is obviously a big deal. And I I've was guessing that you—I was guessing you had the money with them from sales in the past, and you're you know sitting on account there. No, but it's not. This is what one of the great things that that PWCC provides you. Actually, I I do. You're right, I do. Um, but even if I didn't, I would just like I would I would take a small loan, 
um, which they offer because I've got my, my cards there and then I'd pay for it and then I'd sell other stuff and that'd be it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal. It, that's one of the real benefits from having your stuff at the vault. But what I want to say about it real quick is just that like, I, I don't make those decisions lightly, right? Like spending $25,000 on a card is, is a significant, it's a really significant thing. It's not something that I do very often. Uh, thanks Joe. Um, like I bit, and that's, that's one of the things that the, that this auction format, you know, makes it so that you, you have to focus, um, you know, you have to, you have to focus beforehand. You've got to go in and you've got to bid on the cards beforehand. And then after you bid on them, then during the auction, you know, you can, you can then decide if you want to bid. So you asked me earlier on, you know, earlier on, one of the, one of the people who's watching, they said, you know, are you guys bidding on anything tonight? And you said, are you bidding on anything? And I was like, I don't think so. And then it popped up again and I just looked at it and I was like, man, because I was thinking about it, obviously. I just looked at it and I was like, I really want that card and 24 grand is a lot, but I just don't, I think that was a steal. I feel really good about that. I wouldn't have paid 24 grand for it if I didn't feel like it was a great deal. It's number 12. That's his jersey number and the, the Immaculate Acetate. You and I have talked about it. It's funny, Jeremy. We've talked about the Immaculate Acetate. It's one of the nicest cards that comes out every year. So yeah. I couldn't be, I couldn't be more happy. So. I think it's a great buy, a great value buy, and hopefully Jaw continues what he's doing for you and for other uh, people who own his card and the fans of and his fans. And uh, I think it's a beautiful card, man. I, I I do think it's you know you say you don't make take make decisions like that lightly, but you very quickly had to decide and process all the information and say, okay, I'm gonna bid. Here's my max, and let's try and win it. So I think remember we had a show a couple a little while ago where somebody was accusing us of hyping something up. Like yeah. I, I will speak for me and I, and I think I can speak for Jeremy too. Like we tell you guys what we think, right? Like when I say, I love this card and here's why, like, that's, that's what we do. And when we don't love something, we might not say it. We might not highlight it. Or sometimes Jeremy does. Sometimes Jeremy's like, I don't like this. And let me tell you why. And I always think that's kind of cool too. But like, I'm sitting there talking about the jaw, looking at it going, like, I love this card. Like I'm, I like it. So I should buy it. I think that's a great price. And so if the words are coming out of my mouth and I'm like, I'm going to go buy this thing. So, you know, I, I didn't make the decision lightly, but you're right. I, I did have to think quickly and I, I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, 24 grand is a lot of money, but the, but the overriding feeling is I'm glad I bought that. I'm excited yeah. to have it. And then to one of the people who asked, will I ever see it in hand? Um, I will definitely see it in hand. I, I've got plans to uh, visit the vault in the not too distant future and um and i'll get to see it there and at some point maybe i'll have it sent to me when i go to national i'll probably pull my stuff out and take it to the national with me and then bring it back to the vault um because that's an option too so yeah i will definitely see it man simon says that uh, adam has the post-auction wind glow right now the wind glow we've all been there yeah that's awesome and i just want to uh, mention if you're gonna if you're gonna put curse words into the uh, chat, I'm probably gonna block you permanently from the channel. It just happened a couple of minutes ago. Um, okay, I wanted to also bring up. There's some talk about. Uh, I like the chats going on to whether or not Connor McDavid can win a cup. Beva says, "What realistic chance does he have?" Carl Daly says, "Probably low." I mean, listen, it just takes a couple of players to turn a team around. What he has working against him is that the management of the Edmonton Oilers is has just been inept for so long. So it might be tough for them to do it. But listen, Mario Lemieux won his cups, but it took him about seven or eight years, I think, uh, six or seven years to win his first one with Pittsburgh after he got there. Same thing with Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman joined the Detroit Red Wings when they were at, they were bottom of the barrel, 
and about what 84 to 93 when did they win their first cup it was however many years later almost 10 won a cup i can see i can see connor getting there one way or another and hey if it doesn't that's fine too right that's fine carl agrees you need good management yeah and they don't doesn't see it in edmonton well you don't see it right now in edmonton but in three years you don't know what that team's going to look like so i'm you know i think you got to be a bit more or I'll say I'm just a little bit more open-minded about how quickly some teams can change, but we'll see. We will see. We will see. TM says, uh, I'm right. Oilers management is so incompetent, but I believe in McDavid and Dreisaitl. So do I. So if they can get, if they can be consistent, uh, they'll get, I think they have a chance. And Tanks tells us it was 12 years for Steve Eiserman to win his uh, first cup with Detroit. Hits and Chick says, did you discuss the code? We did discuss it. Yeah, you're another person who thought it was a steal. Yeah, consensus was hits and chicks that that was a steal for the Kobe uh, Jordan dual jersey auto. Yeah, Adam loved talking about that card for sure. That was my favorite card in the auction. It was. Yeah, yeah we talked about it quite a bit. Okay, man, listen, we are over three hours. We are, we just, uh, oh, we, I was going to say we're under 200 people for the first time in a few hours, but we're back over 200 now, people watching. Uh, so, and here we go. Dirk Willett, 96, 97, Eiserman won the cup. He came in in 84, 85. So yeah, 12 years it took him to win a cup. Highland, Highlander says McDavid will have cups before his career is over. Even without cups, his skill levels in the, are in the Gretzky and Lemieux category. I agree. Agree exactly with that comment that his skill level makes him a top five player of all time already. Now the career doesn't show that yet, but the skill set does. Richard says the last sale on that duel was 500k, I believe. Yeah, um, it was. It was over that. And Richard um, Jesse, when he was on, talked about it. Talked about why that one that was that was over 500 was probably a nicer card. Um, and when it sold, I like my eyebrows really went up because you know it was just a, a, really an incredible an incredible sell. I think that it that it was disappointing what it sold for today. I don't think it was tremendously disappointing though. I somebody asked me earlier today what I thought it would sell for, and I said three hundred, and I think it was two sixty four. So it's it's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Behind the tank says it took Raymond Bork an eternity and a trade to another team before winning a cup, and he's one of the best defensemen in history, which is true. He won the cup with Colorado. I forget the year, but it's in the two thousands, I believe, and his rookie year was nineteen eighty eighty one. So it took him twenty years, if not a few more to win a cup hits and chicks wants us to go for four hours. Uh, I don't think so, but Hey, I guess you never know. Just like the Oilers might turn around and win a cup. One of these years, this show might turn around and last for four hours. I guess we will see. I collect each a welcome. Ramsey asks everyone to leave a like on the video. I appreciate that. Ramsey. Larry says Connor McDavid is top five all time. I agree. Purple Hayes says, don't forget to hit the like button. Thank you. Purple. And Carl Daly brings up one of my favorite players of all time. Sergei Fedorov was the most highly skilled player of all time. Very fast, one hardest shot, etc. You know, Carl, what do you think about Alexei Kovalev? A lot of people said Alexei Kovalev is one of the most skilled players of all time. He has cups with Pittsburgh too. Al Fedorov does with Detroit. And I'm not comparing them. I'm a big, I love Fedorov. If nothing else, if nothing more than his card was the hottest card in the first year of upper deck hockey, the first set of young guns, and uh, that was the big card that year. Now Jagger's up there too, but 
Uh, Fedorov doesn't get love. He doesn't have many cards. I think that's a big part of it, too, in the hobby. Richard Zangrillo says the SGC 10 Brady rookie refractor was the most disappointing card in this option auction. An absolute steal. Well, oh, look at the PSA 7 Babe Ruth does 132. Uh, I want to go look at that. What page are we on here? Page two. Let's go back to page one. That Why? must be on page one, right, uh, Richard? Larry says Fedorov gets no love. Yeah, Fedorov and that 0-2 team. Hey, where they could put they could put uh, five Russians on the ice at once. It was awesome. Go ahead, Adam. So I love I love listening to you geek out about hockey because I love I love how much you love how much you love hockey. So it's actually fun for me to see like all the people going back and forth with you on it. I have um, a good friend of mine who's who's really like one of my best friends in the hobby, and he's he's a, he's a, also a jazz fan. And jazz and the jazz like Donovan Mitchell has this this thing with jaw right now. Because Donovan didn't get the love last year that he should have, even though the Jazz were number one in the West, number one in the league the whole year. And it's kind of frustrating to see now Jaw getting all this love, even though they're not number one. Like we just, we just always have, we just always feel like our guys don't get enough love. And so anyway, he he's watching right now and he was like, he was like, you want a Jaw? And I'm like, oh, I know. I feel like a traitor a little bit, but I don't know. You just buy the cards you like, you know? <laughs> well, you know what? Dude? It's like, hey. I always put the hobby ahead of my own. Like, listen, I do not like the Edmonton Oilers. They are my big, the biggest rival for my mm -hmm. home team, the Calgary Flames. They're three hours. I can drive there in three hours. They, the, the battle of Alberta is a real thing. It's been going on for a long time. I don't want the Oilers to win. However, mm -hmm. I also do want them to win because I think it's good for the hobby. And I put the hobby ahead of my own allegiances, my own, yeah. my own teams. I, I just do. I'm a, I'm cardboard first sports second. That might seem backwards to a lot of people. Cool. I don't care. It's who I am. Deal with it. You know, if you don't like it too bad. So Jeremy, the way it is. Jeremy, my least favorite player in the history of the NBA, a card of his sold tonight for $328,000. And it's a card that like is one of my best cards in my collection. And I'm like, people are like, why do you collect him? If you hate him, he's, He's the guy. He is the story of the sport. And, and from a collectible perspective, it doesn't get better than him. That doesn't mean I have to like him. He's the best player ever. That doesn't mean I have to like him. I can still collect him. So you and I are one and the same on this for sure. Right on. Right on. Okay. Some more comments here. We're going to, this is, this will go a little bit longer, I suppose. That's okay. So we're going to pick up over. So Richard's comment, the SGC Brady rookie refractor, a steal at $216,000. I do love that card. And I always look at those little notches on the on the bottom half of the right and the left borders to see how if they're the same uh, the same width side to side. And these ones look to be very, very close, if not perfect. So a very nice card. Uh, Carl Daly, I thought Kovalev was great, but I think he had issues off the ice. Fair enough. TDOT says Mario Lemieux is the most single skilled and Wayne Gretzky is the be best player ever. I can get behind that. Joe Sacco says Wendell Clark is a great player and needs more love. I hear, I hear that. I think lack of cups and just that Toronto has been disappointing for so long until right now might have a, a bit of that, but Wendell Clark, I mean, if you're not a hockey fan, you may not have heard of him, but he was um, a hero in Toronto, which is, you know, a big hockey uh, uh, market for sure. Behind the tanks says Brian Fogarty was the most skilled hockey player of all time. It didn't work out. So I think he died young. I think this is a joke. He was not the most skilled hockey player of all time, but, uh, but good comment behind the tanks. 
Carl says for a second, I thought Joe Sacco was Joe Sackick. Highlanders minus OV. Russians don't get love in the hobby like they should. I agree with that, but OV certainly does. Albert tells you the jaw is overrated. Jake still <laughs> says, will, SD, will SGC prices ever catch up with PSA? I mean, I don't think so, but you never know. You never know. You never know. You don't. We never, I mean, there was a time, Jeremy, you probably remember this time. There was a time where Beckett was just, it was viewed as the best. You had the subgrades, you know, they could grade both thick and thin cards really well. And, and in a lot of cases, they sold for a lot more. And this is for a long time. And then over a period of time, that just changed. And PSA is like, it's hard to believe that we ever felt that way. But we did, you know. I believe that. So I don't, like, I take your word for it. But I have to think that must have had to do with, like, modern or even ultra modern cards at the time because that's never yeah. been the case with with vintage or anything prior to like 1990 so yeah that's probably I think, true i think it, it's true for some cards i would believe skeppy says paul coffee thought he was fast until fedorov showed up on the red wings good point skeppy carl says sorry guys i wasn't trying to say mcdavid wasn't great no i never thought you were saying that carl he has tremendous skill i was just saying if he slows down right now it would be Bad. I don't think he's slowing down, though. I think he's still speeding up. I really, really do. Six hours, let's hit an all-time record. I don't think we're going to be able to do that tonight. Skeppy says, I think Pavel Bure was as good as Fedorov. Yeah, a bit of a different player, but definitely one of the best. Bure, Fedorov, Ovechkin, I think they're the best Russian players of all time. Kucherov, Vasilevsky, some people would, would argue for them. I'm sure there's a couple I'm not remembering. Paul Santo says, do you think Ovechkin will pass Gretzky for most goals of all time? I'm still going to say no. The hobby says yes. I like that the hobby says yes. It's good for the hobby, good for Ovechkin cards, but there's still a lot of goals to go. We will see what happens. TDOT says, Bobby Orr, best for his position all time. Maybe. Kale McCarr has given him a run for his money this year. Tanks says, not a joke. Well, he was never the most skilled player, though, Tanks. He was from Brantford and was better than Gretzky at every level growing up. Uh, maybe he had more points. Maybe the competition wasn't as I don't buy it, Tanks, and I'm never going to. So we won't do that. Dirk says, no love for Dat. Oh, I forgot about Datsuk. Yeah, Datsuk's up there as well, for sure. Highlander says, Bray was better than Fedorov. Tida says, the Gretzky's Mantles, Jordans, and the Wagners made PSA king. Richard wants to know, which clubhouse is hits and ch- which clubhouser is hits and chicks? I don't know, Rich. Let me know if you find out. Good night, Ramsey. Thank you for joining. Appreciate your, uh, your your chat tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Buzzy. Says, great show. Thumbs up. Adam is wearing the same shirt I wore in my second grade school picture. I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. Joe Sacco, if Ovechkin can do it, I think he'd be great for hockey. I think it'd be great for hockey, too. Albert Jones says, stop that nonsense, Jeremy. Of course, Ovi is going to get it. Russian, don't break. I hope he does. I want him to get it, and I don't think it... It doesn't affect Gretzky cards at all. I hope he gets it. Definitely. Different times. Definitely different times. I think we're talking about the Gretzky versus Fogarty thing. Slab strong for life. His hits and chicks, that must maybe. Is that Tim? Or is it Tim's fiance maybe? What is a jaw? Is he a Czech goalie? Do you guys buy Vaz? I don't buy him, Carl, but I think he's the real deal. He's got Vezina trophies, Stanley Cups. He's great. June congratulates you, Adam, on the jaw. Fantastic card. Nice to hear that from a collector like June Kim. Knows what he's talking about. Ichiro says, is the baseball card market ever going to close the gap between its basketball card counterparts? Not at the rate things are going right now. I don't think so. Not at the rate things are going. Ivan Drago broke. Yeah, but he had Rocky in his face. Of course he did. 
Of course he did. He's actually helping Gretzky's cards. I can see that too, Albert. All right, bottom of the comments. We're going to wrap up. We are going to wrap up. Adam, let's do final comments from you. I'll hit the chat one more time, give my own, and then we're done. I think tonight was a lot of fun. I think having Jesse on was was awesome. He's, uh, you know, he's he's a great, great resource and um, somebody who is not only a good interview and knows a lot about what's going on, you know, in these levels in, in the hobby, but he's also just a super nice guy. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, I, th I think I feel really cool that that we that I got to win a card. You know, we talk about it always, but we hadn't won anything yet on the show. And so it's nice to put a one next to my name. Like, OK, I finally got something. Um, I was still I'm still I'm still annoyed that I didn't get that mic in from a couple of shows ago. That was such a nice card. And, you know, you just you got to be opportunistic, right? Like there's an investing strategy called you know, opportunistic. And that's, that's the same thing, you know, with cards, you've got to look for things when they, when they sell for less than you think that they're going to, and you think maybe the market's got it a little bit wrong. Um, and so that's, that's how I've tried to do it over the years. And sometimes I'm wrong, but um, it, hope, well, hopefully this works out well with, with, with the jaw. And uh, yeah, I did. I had a lot of fun. Like we always do. I'm sad that the yeah. next one's a month away. Well, we'll do it again in a month. I appreciate you uh, you being here as always, Adam. Uh, Carl Daly, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Same to you, Jake. Much appreciated. Uh, Larry Morris says, how about football overtaking baseball? Yeah, I don't think that's far away, to be honest. Thank you, Purple Hayes. Much appreciated. Jake's Toe Adam's Instagram is at the real 27 guy, the real 27 guy. That's how you'll find him or BCF Mag. You'll find him there as well. Guys, I want everybody to know, upcoming episodes. So next Friday, I have Steve Foley, the CEO of a new hobby company called TradeSafe. I am involved with TradeSafe as well. Very proud of it. And uh, so check it out. We're going to be sort of launching this business on February the 26th. Steve will be joining to discuss it. If you have ever done a deal and you have not really been able to trust the other end or you didn't want to... Yeah, or you you didn't do trades because you didn't know if you, you know who would send first or if the card would come and it was high value. TradeSafe is a solution to those problems. So check it out. We'll be educating everybody on what that is a week from today. Again, very excited to launch TradeSafe. The week after that, Eddie Siegel, you know him. He is live. We are. I can't do it, but we are live. We are live. We are live. Eddie Siegel from Investicard is going to be joining us, talking about what he's up to. And then on March 19th, John Wee, who is the founder of the Center Stage app. If you haven't downloaded the Center Stage app yet on your iPhone or your, what's the one called? iPhone or Android, download it. It is very cool. Very cool app. John will be joining. He's a great guy. All about growing the hobby, just like the rest of us are. So check that out. Excited to have him on. Hits and Chicks, still loving Slab Strong. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Paul Santos. Appreciate it. Carl Daly, there you go. You'll be interested to meet Steve, and we'll be talking about what exactly TradeSafe is. Go on Instagram, at TradeSafeHub is the, uh, the the Instagram handle. You can find us, uh, the account there that Steve is running, as well as on Twitter. All that said, tomorrow, Collectible Live. Looking forward to that. Ryan Nolan, you've seen him before on the show. He is the author of Spotting Fakes. He will be my guest tomorrow night on the Collectible TV YouTube channel, 7 o'clock Eastern. We have a That's going to be a fun one. There's been a ton of buyout offers made, some accepted. 
lots going on on collectible recently so and i didn't do a show last week so we'll cover all of that that's about all i got if you're not yet subscribed to sports cards live please hit the subscribe button here's where you can follow me on all my socials guys check it out instagram twitter facebook and richard's favorite place to be clubhouse all right that is it see you tomorrow if not have a great rest of your weekend it's a long weekend in most places i'm excited i hope you guys are too and if we see you, we'll hopefully see you next week on Sports Cards Live. Have a great week ahead, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All those good things. Adam, thank you again. Thanks to Jesse Craig from PWCC for joining us. That's great. This show is over. <laughs>